Oklahoma tonight, we're, well, today actually cloudy skies, a high of 34. Tonight, cloudy snow flurries after midnight, a low of 24. Friday, mostly cloudy, milder, a high of 38. Saturday, clear skies, high of 45. Sunday, mostly sunny and mild, a high of 50. Right now at Radio Bloomington, it is 34 degrees. Where should I begin? Can we talk about this? Say, what are you trying to say? Beyond the usual controversial talk. Blah, 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 on and on and on. Over there. No. Hello, no. One, two, cha-cha-cha. One, two, cha-cha-cha. Prepare yourself for Craig. Okay. Preparing a mighty new spectacle here. Articulate. (laughs) Stimulating. Hit you right in the... There you go. We start becoming a team right now. This is the Craig Collins Show. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God, no. On WJBC. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. Now your host. He's a good man. Craig. That's right. Craig Collins Show. AM 1230 WJBC. Still have all my hair. (laughs) Which has become a topic of conversation now, uh, which is kind of cool. And it's partially my fault, for sure. Uh, but then I'm I'm interested in what you guys think, 829-2345 about all this. So uh, let me explain. A few days ago, I think, uh, you know, earlier on this week, Buck Stevens, who at the time, we were the only two people that were doing the polar plunge. It was just he and I, only two people in the building. He was raising a lot more money than me. He did my show. And then after the interview, he's walking out and he goes, hey, by the way, if you do want to try to get those funds up, try to get that, you know, match uh, of my $1,000, uh, right now he's at eight something, uh, but I hear some things. He's probably going to wind up going over 1000 and I'm at 125 Which, by the way, to anyone that's donated to my campaign, I should also say thank you. Thank you very, very much. 125 is money that they want. Uh, the minimum amount, the minimum goal for anyone that wants to do the Polar Plunge is 100 bucks, and that's what I made my goal. I didn't want to try to... You know, um, uh, push too hard, although at the same time, it's for a great cause. But I'm new here. I knew that. And I didn't have the aspirations that a buck did or that. Now Brock's back, by the way. He's part of our team, and his goal is very high, but I think he's going to hit it. Uh, But anyway, so Buck and I are talking, and he goes, hey, man, you know, just letting you know, maybe do a radio stunt. And real quick, anyone that doesn't know, radio people do stunts. That's a thing we like to do. It's It's a beloved tradition of the radio host. And actually, at one time, it was hilarious. Uh, I worked with these guys in a different market who told me that their favorite stunt they ever did, and we can't we can't do this one. I'm not volunteering for this. I volunteer for pretty much anything uh, out there. I might be pole dancing in the next few weeks, just to tease, just so you guys know the kind of things I'm, I'm down to do. Uh, but a, a group of guys that I used to know that did radio somewhere else said their favorite radio stunt was when they wanted to try out cars with a local dealership. The dealership had promised them that the suspension in all the vehicles was just so good, you know, and they're like, well, that's great, but let's do a radio stunt. Let's put our producer in the back, in the trunk of the car, not even the back seat, close him in the trunk with a microphone, and we'll drive some bumpy terrain, and we'll, we'll see what car he likes the most. And again, legally, I can't do that now, but I guess it was a really funny segment. The guy's bouncing around and, and saying that the car's doing pretty well, and then the dealer was excited to try the next one out, and they purposefully made it difficult. Um, but no injuries happen. That's, the, that's what radio is. Uh, well, at least what it used to be. I've also talked a lot about on this program how much I miss some things that, like, you know, were, the, were in the past. Uh, we had a whole thing this month where if you called in and told me a memory that you love of the way things used to be, that things aren't now, 
Uh, I would I would go ahead and, and clean someone's driveway. I'd, I'd get all the snow out of your driveway. That was just me, by the way. No one behind me had said that that was okay or not. I just I was just going to do it. You know, what? can they stop me? I'll just go out. I'll shovel your, your front yard. I'll shovel your driveway. And I'll do that to pay my respects to how great things used to be. And radio uh, DJs used to do crazy stuff. Used to get in a barrel and roll down the like side of a cliff. And just, you know, that was for fun. And so in saying all that, when Buck told me that what I should do to raise money for the Special Olympics was to like shave my head, I was like, you know what? No, I want to yes end that because I believe in the yes end. I want to remove all the hair from my entire body. I don't want to do it. Hold on. I said that the wrong way. I will remove every speck of hair on, on Craig Collins in order to raise money because I'm way behind. It just didn't seem like enough. Shave my head if you guys, you know, give me 10 times the amount of donations I already had. So I did that. And actually, you know, it's kind of funny. Even though we raised no additional dollars, which I'm still very much entertained by, that I threw out there that I'll become, you know, a human dolphin and no, <laughs> no one was interested, which is totally fine. That's part of the, the humor of the bit. Uh, I said all that and the morning shows seemed to like it. I was actually on WBNQ hanging out with John Davies, who's a, who's a friend, a good guy. And we talked all about this, and I have that audio for you. So what I'm going to do is play the audio of John Davies and I chit-chatting about why, in God's name, would I offer this out there to the world. Uh, you know, and I, I had a fun time with it. I think that it's very, you know, we both understand the humor of it. So let me play that. 1015 WBNQ, John Davies with you this morning, joined by my friend Craig Collins of The Craig Collins Show. Afternoons on AM 1230 WJBC. We all live in one big happy radio family here at Radio Bloomington. And Craig, there's this rule of comedy that uh, kind of went wrong for you yesterday. <laughs> I live and die by this myself. Yeah, I it's do. called Yes And. People uh-huh. use it in comedy and stand-up, and we here at the radio. Can can you explain to the good listeners how Yes And kind of bit you in the butt yesterday? Well, so there's two people here doing the Polar Plunge, uh, me and one other host. And that host was on my show in the afternoons, as you said, in WJBC. And he said, because he's way ahead of me. He's raised a lot more money than I have. He said, in order for me to get the funds rolling in, I need to offer the, the listeners something. I need to, like, shave my head, shave my face, do something. And I yes-ended that. I said, you know what I'll do? I'll jump in the water completely hairless. Every bit what? of hair on my body removed. Like a true dolphin? Yep. Like a seal. I will go in seal style, fully waxed, everything, if you if I raise more money than the coworker. And it's it's a daunting task. He's so, currently at over 1,000, and you're at, like, what, 100? 105. <laughs> I, I take very much. I'm offended by 100. I'm at 105, bud. Uh, Polar Plunge is coming up when, Craig? Uh, February 22nd. February 22nd. If Less you want to see Craig Collins be a human dolphin, you can find that information where, Craig, where can people donate to your campaign? Facebook.com slash the Craig Collins Show or WJBC.com. Let's see the dolphin boy. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, John Davies of WBNQ understands uh, um, aquatic creatures better than I do. Seals have, hair, have fur. Seals have hair. But uh, dolphins do not. So I, I wanted to go dolphin style into the water and then buck even actually said today you know you should do it right before the uh the polar plunge you should do it on like the 21st and then jump it fine totally fine it's a radio stunt these are things that are a a beloved tradition of the industry we all work in uh then i get in this morning and i don't always have time i mean i listen when i can but i don't always have time to to check in on the morning show when i'm doing other stuff uh so i didn't hear this segment but scott miller chatted about uh this very concept him and Catherine murphy and then he sent me the audio. He's like, hey, I, got, I sent you some audio. I said, for what? And Scott said, for your show. And I said, oh, 
okay, the morning show guy wants to be on my show via audio. So I have a part of that. Uh, his segment was like four and a half minutes long. So I have just a little bit of it. But here's Scott and Catherine uh, talking about my, my polar plunge in, in just as a positive of a, of a way. So Craig Collins, afternoon show, he says, uh, okay, I'll do it. Uh, and to up the ante, if I can raise more money than Buck, I'll shave my entire body. Oh. Shave his head and shave his entire, he said, hairless. He said he would jump in the water hairless. And he's Italian, so I think he's kind of a hairy guy. He offered it up. I'm not doing anything other than promoting something that uh, Craig Collins' afternoon show well, put out there. I'm just... I'm just... Hel- I'm helping put a we're, spotlight... We're helping Special Olympics is what we're doing. And if he raises more money from Buck over there at Dare to Dare, Craig will shave his entire body. It's very weird for me to be talking about this. <laughs> But it's so uncomfortable that it makes me happy. It's so uncomfortable that it makes him happy. I'm glad I'm making Scott Miller happy. Uh, by the way, I did reach out to him because uh, I noticed that even though I share this stuff on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Craig Collins Show, uh, for some reason Miller hasn't, uh, <laughs> hasn't uh, liked the page yet. I don't know. Uh, but he'd know, and, and Catherine would know. Catherine's a friend. They'd know all about the uh, the radio promo, the radio stunt in order to, to raise funds. And yeah, okay. Shaving yourself, and in this case, actually, I did not offer shave specific. I have not, I have not, you know, announced the hair removal style. Uh, but I appreciate the fact that they would mention it on their show. Uh, I think that it sounds like maybe they they don't totally love the the way in which I want to do it. But eight two nine two three four five, call in. Tell me if you have any radio stunt you remember here or in any other market that you loved. Tell me, you know, any other stories about the way things used to be. And also let me know whenever Scott Miller is talking about my program because he doesn't always send the uh, the info along. Uh, quick break, a lot more coming up. AM 1230 WJBC. I- I'm killing it as far as boarding show attention goes, but I haven't seen any donations roll in. WJBC.com. It's Greg Collins Show on AM 1230 WJBC. Got a lot going on this morning, uh, or this afternoon, I should say. A lot going on in the mornings. Uh, that's been cool so far. Uh, other things in the news because I usually like to talk about quite a few things. The coronavirus uh, is getting scarier. Is there a point when you're going to eventually be legitimately afraid of it? Because right now, it's still not, I think, something that any of us have to be actually like concerned about, uh, especially here in, in Bloomington and in Normal, even though it's in Chicago, and now it's been transmitted in Chicago. Uh, this was interesting. The way that it happened at all is that a, a 60-year-old woman um, traveled to Wuhan, China, where the virus started, got it, came back to the United States, and, and had it here, for an amount of time before we really knew what was going on. Uh, we've since quarantined that human. Um, and then when a press conference happened and they were asking people, uh, the health department, whoever it was, I can't remember uh, who was actually leading it there. But I remember the most odd question was when someone said, hey, so uh, that woman that has it here, did she come in contact with anybody? And at the time, the answer was something to the effect of, we'll know more later. <laughs> not like we, we yes, not no, just uh, at this time, we are going to pass on that question. And now we know that at least her husband has also uh, come down with the virus. And so it is. it gets scary, this kind of stuff, all the time. I mean, we're grounding airplanes now. We're removing hot food, blankets, magazines, and more from those flights because we're worried about any sort of transmission of the virus. It, it has spread throughout all of China now. It's no longer something that is in just Wuhan or, or certain other places. And by the way, for anyone curious, it has nothing to do with Corona beer. 
Uh, that is not in any way, shape, or form a connection. But United Airlines is even suspending flights, as I said, amid the outbreak. So a lot is going on. Uh, and I just wonder when is the tipping point for, for people like you and I to start at least worrying. Uh, I don't think, and I did this story yesterday, that some people are riding flights by putting, like, plastic bottles on their head, giant plastic bottles or plastic bags. They're going rogue. They're not getting the medically approved things, but they don't feel comfortable sitting with everybody else on the off chance somebody has something like this. So they're, they're you know, they're DIYing it. Uh, they're MacGyvering their situation to protect themselves. And so I don't think we all need to go there. I don't think I'm going to go to the local Kroger here in uh, Bloomington or Normal and see people walking around with uh, giant water bottles on their faces. But at the same time, you know, I guess a little bit worried. Are you going to travel to Chicago? Maybe that's the best question. 829-2345. After hearing that the outbreak is now two people in a city with lots and lots of people, does it make you at least a little more hesitant to go up there, a little more hesitant to travel there? Uh, I don't know. I doubt it. It shouldn't, I don't think. And we know right now, at least from our own health department here, that, that it's very, very rare, so very unlikely. That any, but continue to stay clean. Continue to do everything you can to avoid any and all kind of sicknesses during a, a time of year where sicknesses are prevalent. But the coronavirus thing, it's just going to keep it's going to keep snowballing, be a bigger and bigger story in the news as it continues to spread. Um, I don't think we still fully understand. Uh, we know where it came from. Snakes, <laughs> snakes have been to blame. The snakes were not on the plane, but the snakes in general are to blame for the issue. Uh, we don't know, you know, I don't think we have the best course of action as far as curing it so far. Uh, as far as beating the disease, because a lot of these respiratory things, a lot of these H1N1-style things are are new, uh, which in of itself is kind of a scary thing to say, right? Anytime a new disease, a new virus pops its head uh, up from nowhere, you start to get a little bit worried. And again, I'm not saying that I'm actually worried. I mean, sometimes I joke on this show, like I'm afraid of sinkholes. Uh, I like to play the role of the guy who's very fearful to go outside. But as you can tell, I'm sitting in the uh, studio here. I made it out this morning. I made it to the station, so I, I braved the storm. Uh, but at the same time, like it does, it, it, it falls into the back of your mind somewhere that like, oh, it's getting worse. And I don't know when we get to the you know movie outbreak or whatever it is, but one of them's going to be a big one, and uh, I'm just always scared, at least a little, every time that those things happen. All right, I have another break to take. i got to take that. A lot more coming up on AM 1230. WJ Meteorologist Joe Puma. Cloudy skies, a high of 34 tonight. Uh, cloudy snow flurries possible after midnight, a low of 24. On a Friday, mostly cloudy and milder, a high of 38. Saturday, clear skies, a high of 45. Sunday, mostly sunny and mild, a high of 50. Right now, Radio Bloomington, it is 34 degrees. This is the Craig Collins Show on AM 1230 WJBC. Hanging out with you guys until... Six o'clock. We got stuff on after me. The Cardinals countdown to opening day is a fun thing. You wanna you wanna get in baseball moods, right? Uh, right now it's cold outside. It's been snowing a lot, so no better way to to lift the spirits than to think about Cardinals baseball. That's on from six to eight this evening. So stay tuned for that too. A smart window poster uh, that I found on online. This story is interesting to me. It's currently only in the UK, uh, as far as I know. Uh, but the smart window poster allows someone to make a contactless donation, that would be a phone payment donation to the homeless. It is a, a billboard that sits outside in a heavily trafficked street of, of the U.K. in, in uh, Britain. And I guess for whatever reason, uh, I guess this is in Somerset, for whatever reason, this is something that they want to do more of to, to reduce the amount of begging on the street. And so I don't know how effective this would be as a, as a deterrent to 
having more and more people go to the street to if you go to Chicago, if you go to any big city, you know this happens a lot. Uh, there's quite a few people standing on different corners, uh, standing near bus stops and, and train stops, et cetera, trying to collect uh, funds you know, for themselves. And they usually have a, a sad story, and, and many of them are telling the truth. I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm trying to go anti you know, this entirely. But at the same time, if there were services capable of, of helping these people and making these transactions a little bit easier— uh, and I don't mean just like smart technology things, but but stuff like this, a poster, a smart poster sitting out there that's raising funds to help people in need. And it, it's a deterrent in a way to someone just standing with a cup. Um, and also, it shouldn't just be a deterrent. It actually probably is a benefit because it's a better way for people to gain funds through like credit card payments and or, you know, smartphone payments and, and get organizations those funds so that more and more people can turn to said organizations for help. Uh, if you've ever dealt with people in situations like that before, if you ever you know talked to them about why it is, and we used to do this thing uh, when I worked at GN, because uh, a homeless group popped up under our radio station. So in one of the tunnels that existed in Chicago on Grand Avenue, uh, a community of people started staying there. So we went down to talk to them, and we asked them questions that that some of us, who haven't been in a situation like that might ask things like, why aren't you turning to, you know, shelters and things uh, as far as living goes? Why are you choosing here um, in the winter to live outside under, you know, uh, I guess under some sort of protection, but at the same time, like very open uh, to conditions, et cetera. And they would say a lot of different things. Now, some of the answers would that would be that there just isn't enough space that people have tried. It's too difficult. And you see that a lot. A lot of big cities that are that have struggles with uh, too many people, um, you know, out there uh, without the means to to get inside to be somewhere else. Um, homeless people, um, you see that a lot of times that that some shelters get overrun, and so that was a common answer. Another one, though, that was interesting to me is that they didn't really like the organization having requirements, things like going out and and trying to gain employment, things like you know, um, in order to stay there, you'd have to. Uh, prove certain levels of motivation and trying to find other means uh, to do things. And so some people just like the freedom of being out there on the streets. When I talk about this story, when I talk about initiatives like this, smart posters and things that are there for people struggling, but obviously that money is going to organizations, I, I remember that problem. I remember the problem that I've been told before where people say, you know what, it's just too difficult for me to navigate you know, gaining this, these funds through someone else. It's much easier to just have a cup. And it actually also reminds me of a story I read, this was years ago, in the Wall Street Journal, I think, uh, where a reporter, a guy who was not homeless, a guy who was not struggling, uh, chose to do just do a test. So he went out to the street to live for a week, although I think he did go home at night, um, and he put a cup out. He didn't put a story out. He didn't, you know, make himself look uh, like he was struggling. He just put a cup on the street. And he raised a significant amount of money day in and day out just by by sitting there. So so maybe the temptation to find a way to gain those funds on your own is enough um, that people do obviously continue to, to do it that way. But I, I don't know. 829-2345. Not that we have an issue like that at all here in a Bloomington or a normal, but at the same point, when you hear about the way things go in, in California, in Chicago, et cetera, and then you see a story like this, it at least intrigues me uh, to discuss it a little. Uh, to think about ways in which you help people in need. Um, because that is, in, it, in, in a sense, all you're trying to do. When you give someone money on the street, 
you just want to help someone in need, you know? And so if these options become more more readily available and people then have more ability to turn to them, it makes sense to me. But again, I've never been someone who really totally understood that that level of, of need because I've, I have yet to live it. <laughs> Knock on wood. Quick break, a lot more coming up. AM 1230 WC. Now, back to the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. You know, it's interesting to me. I'm tempted to just keep talking about the coronavirus. <laughs> I don't, it's not that I. I'm afraid of it, like I said earlier on in the show, but it's there. there's more stories. Um, 6,651 people have been held on a cruise ship after passenger, a passenger developed the virus, uh, or at least is suspected of having coronavirus symptoms. About 5,023 passengers, uh, 1,628 crew aboard a Costa Cruises, Costa um, ship, I guess, that's driving through different areas down there. Uh, and it, I guess it makes its way through Macau, China, uh, someone came down with flu-like symptoms on Wednesday night, this, this would be last evening, that are consistent with the coronavirus. Uh, I am dumbfounded by how people would respond in a situation like this. They're currently in an Italian port, and they're all being held. Everyone is being held on this cruise ship. This is according to The Telegraph, who reported the story. If it were you, 829-2345. It's not like an airplane. It's not... I don't know why that would be better, actually, if you're just sitting taxiing around for however long you need to taxi. But at least maybe you'd be quarantined somewhere else. But right now they're they're just being held on the ship because they have enough food. They have enough things that I guess they could stay there for a little while. And then maybe health authorities would start removing people uh, in some sense. But obviously, if you get if you get sick in a situation like this, uh, you definitely probably I, I say definitely probably you most likely made contact with many of the people on the ship with you. So is it likely that these other people will eventually come down with symptoms? I don't know. I I also don't know if we're fully aware of how easily transferable uh, this sickness is yet. Uh, In the hours since health authorities had started screening the 5,023 passengers and 1,628 crew members for possible infection, uh, they did schedule some walk-in um, in Rome, I guess, where maybe some of the people might be able to get off the ship, etc. cetera. Uh, but none of that has actually taken place yet. All the planned, this is quoting one of the people involved, uh, one of the health authorities, all the planned mechanisms we have activated, health authorities are on board doing checks, etc. The situation is under control. There's a security corridor on the dock, um, but that is the situation so far. If you're curious how bad the coronavirus is as of right now, The viral disease has killed 170 people, most of which are from and living in China, and it has uh, made at least 7,711 people sick. Over 50 million people remain under a government lockdown in central China, while sports, transportation, and cultural events have been canceled across the country as they're trying to, again, deal with the virus. And that was another kind of thing that was weird as this process started. Um, It was confusing to understand how bad it was, And there seemed to be a resistance, (laughs) I don't know how surprising, but there seemed to be a resistance in gaining information from the Chinese as to how bad the outbreak was for them, how bad it was in their own country. We didn't really know. So there was a small amount of time where there was kind of a gap in in maybe our knowledge as other countries in the world, the United States, etc., and what might have been known about how bad this could potentially be. But anyone that's ever worked in this, too, I assume you say that once it's something you've never seen before, 
it, it takes everyone a little bit of time to to get up to speed, um, you know, and to know exactly what's going on and how things are working. So obviously there, you know, there lies a problem in general with everyone trying to figure something out at the same time. But at least it would have been more helpful, in my opinion, to have known the extent of the issue um, before we did. And I think that there was a period of time there where the issue was something people knew about. And it's even even here in Chicago, you know, even when that first question is asked at that uh, press conference that I told you about where the woman who had been diagnosed with the issue had been quarantined. But we were curious, the press, whoever was curious of other people that might have, you know, come across uh, that person. And the answer was, eh, we'll let you know. <laughs> and I get it. You don't want to create a panic. Uh, but at the same time, like, it's, it's not always a great look when the answer isn't given. And then a few days later, you find out, OK, at least one other person is sick. So then it starts to be comp. But anyway, let's move on. Let's move on to other things, because that is a lot of talk of viruses and a lot of talk of polar plunges which uh, please donate to my cause. I will totally go hairless. I don't want to remove my eyebrows, but I will do it among everything else if I raise more money. And I don't want to single out Buck Stevens anymore. I want to beat Coach uh, uh, Coach because it would be a much better move. If, he, if, if he's capable of raising the most money on the team, then why not? Then why would you do it? Uh, why would you just go after a coworker when you can beat uh, the ISU, our, our football guy? You know, that's a better move to me. But we'll see uh, how that all works, how that all plays out. Uh, GM has announced the return of the Hummer, and I'm excited. I'm excited not because I've ever owned a vehicle like this, because, you know, they're kind of, they're not exactly practical. Although Arnold loved them. Uh, if you don't know how Hummer got started in the first place, uh, the, the story I read earlier on this month on this very show was that Arnold Schwarzenegger was doing kindergarten cop and somehow a vehicle, a military vehicle, much like the Hummer that wound up being sold commercially, uh, was used in the movie, and Arnold fell in love. He then pushed his friends at a a you know car place to make it, and then they started making the vehicle, and it took off, and then GM bought it. So it was a whole thing, and it was all started by Arnold Schwarzenegger saying it was the, like the most manly car he'd ever come across, so that's pretty cool. Um, but so Arnold does that. He pushes to make it. It has its heyday, and then it uh, it falls off the earth. But now GM is bringing it back, and they're going to make it an EV, which means an all-electric vehicle. So you'll be able to get an intense, giant, you know, vicious Hummer, and you'll be able to get it with just electricity powering its, its you know, unique awesomeness. Now, caller, what's your name? Which makes it not really impractical anymore, right? <laughs> right, which means we should all get them. Right, Brian? But the history of it, like the H1 is the military vehicle. Like the H1 is the one that usually comes with a snorkel. It'll go, like, basically underwater and stuff. But all the things <laughs> that are made by GMC and stuff, those things are just on a truck frame. They're not even really a Hummy. You yeah. know what I mean? So I think that's kind of why it all went downhill so fast when people realized they were buying these overly expensive gas-guzzling vehicles that wouldn't do all the amazing stuff that the military wants. Right, it do, won't, like, know? drive through a brick wall. I, I wonder, do you think that Tesla's also partially to blame for this? Because Tesla debuted its SUV, which was supposed to be in ways kind of like a tough all-terrain vehicle, and then GM's like, you know what, let's bring back an electric Hummer. Do you think that's what happened? Is Brian still with me? You still there, bud? I think we lost him. Uh, but I think that's what happened. I think Tesla is 100% to blame for all this. I think at some point, you know, uh, GM is watching that press conference. And millennials, I am a millennial, we seem stoked about the Tesla vehicle, the all-electric Tesla SUV thing, the truck of whatever it is. Uh, it seems pretty cool. And so I, I think I would legitimately be interested in, 
if GM is doing any kind of market research in a, I can't afford it, but in an all-electric Hummer. It would be cool. I have a Jeep now, a 96 Jeep Cherokee with a lot of, uh, uh, let's call them, um, you know, quirks. <laughs> That's a good word for him. My Jeep's quirky. He's not He's not problematic. He's uh, He's quirky. But so he's got his issues, and so would I love to upgrade to a brand-new electric-only uh, Hummer? Sure. I don't know how much electricity it would take. Is it going to – my, like, electricity bill all of a sudden is going to go through the roof? Or I just leave it parked all the time at that one grocery store that offers the charging? Although I don't even know if you have to pay for that. I assume that either way I'm, I'm spending a whole bunch of money on electricity. But come on, man. It's a Hummer, and it runs on electricity only. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break here, uh, and after the break I actually have a – A very cute story about a six-year-old who went viral recently for his brutal takedown of Shirley Temple. I don't know if someone was like, you know what, kid? Uh, We think you might like this. And then he saw it, and he did not. But he put it up on the Internet, or, well, probably somebody else did. Uh, And it's gone viral because it is a brutal takedown of one Shirley Temple. Soldiers returning with traumatic brain injuries or other serious battle wounds often spend weeks or months in a VA hospital or other rehab facility. DVDs for Vets is collecting DVDs and portable players for distribution in our community and nationwide. Many of us take for granted our access to everyday enjoyment, and DVDs for Vets needs your help in giving these injured soldiers some diversions from the monotony of a hospital stay during recovery. To donate new or used DVDs or to learn more about this worthy cause, please go to www.dvdsforvets.com. Right <laughs> uh, from the heart of Illinois, ABC meteorologist Joe Puma. Today, cloudy skies, a high of 34. Tonight, cloudy snow flurries after midnight, a low of 24. Friday, mostly cloudy and milder, a high of 38. Saturday, clear skies, high of 45. Sunday, mostly sunny and mild, a high of 50. I'll get to that Shirley Temple story in just a little bit. I don't want to do that uh, quite yet. I'm actually going to talk to you guys about something else that I found interesting. Uh, UC Berkeley is offering a class to its students that is one of the most popular classes in school, apparently. Like, it's either waiting lists. It's so hard to, to get into this class, I guess. And maybe they're just not offering enough of it. Uh, but what's the class, you say? It's called adulting. Adulting 101. <laughs> I Look, I am a millennial. I am. And I know that I think kids in college now are Gen Z. And we get hated on a lot. Both of us do. The millennials do and the Gen Z do. But the adulting thing, like using the word... Saying that when you do your laundry, you're adulting now. Like, that's a bad look for us, people. If you're listening right now, or if you're someone of the older generations who's listening to this segment, just know we get it. We get that it's a real bad look, that we don't understand things like how to load a dishwasher. Although I do. Hands raised, I do. Um, But this class, which teaches you those basic life skills for young people, is one of the most popular classes on campus. Uh, The students have been asked about it recently recently. Uh, Algora, uh, that's the name of a student who's 21 years old. She's pre-med there. She said, I want to feel prepared like I know what I'm doing and I know how to be an adult. That is a quote of one of the students taking the class. Uh, You can know as much as you want about physics or biology or English, but that doesn't help you when you need to do your taxes or figure out what to eat. That is an exact quote. Figure out what to eat. Monday night, a new eight-week session of adulting will begin on campus Oh, man. I don't know. I I don't want to, like, just, you know, crap on things on this show all the time. I like to have fun. I like to smile. But when I I read a quote from probably a lovely 21-year-old human who's pre-med and and trying her best to learn very difficult things, and she mentions that she needs help in figuring out, I know she probably means, like, how to navigate what the healthiest things to put in your body are. 
but it's just a bad quote. It's a bad quote that you want to go to school to be taught how to feed yourself. That's not the kind of thing we should be struggling with in today's day and age, in my opinion. Um, we're going to have uh, guest speakers. This is one of the instructors now uh, being quoted in this, this article at KTVU, uh, always on your side in California. We're going to have guest speakers, uh, and they're going to talk about things like, you know, uh, that, I, that can be a relationship with yourself or others, like family, friends, uh, self-care, self-love, how to sleep, sleep better at night. I'm struggling. Even I'm saying some of this stuff, I'm getting calls. Uh, WJBC, what's your name? Jim. Jim, what do you want to say about the adulting class at UC Berkeley? Uh, are all these kids like super uber rich kids whose parents <laughs> have had butlers and maids feeding and clothing them their entire life? Seriously. I feel like it. I mean, honestly, man, if you got to go to class, if you have to take a college course to figure out how to feed yourself, and again, I know, I don't want to be unfair. She means how to like eat food like that's healthy. But, uh, Jim, I think the best thing to go is just shop in the produce section at the grocery store and eat that stuff. That would be my advice. Yeah, I, I, I just don't get it. I mean, seriously. Yeah. We, we have, people need a class for this. I Well, and it, it also, thank you, Jim, for calling in, man. Um, it also goes to, like, a lot of the stuff we're currently teaching at school. Like, everyone turns to college now uh, more than ever before my generation did. I, I remember if you said when you were graduating high school, like, I don't think I'm going to college everyone around you would have looked at you like, are you crazy? College is the only way to succeed in life. And to a to a certain degree, that's currently true. The amount of money you make with a degree compared to the amount you make without one is substantially different on average. So you do need a quality higher education to be competitive in the current job market. At the same time, though, maybe because colleges have been, you know, inundated with students and inundated with interest, they can start to lean a little bit into like the interests of the students and maybe not be as concerned that every class is is teaching them the things they need to know to be a professional and that a class like this is just teaching you how to be an adult uh here's another student 19 economics major i uh, quoted in this article talking about her her class that she's looking forward to it's harder to budget when you're not living at home because you have a lot more expenses Ah, <sighs> obvious quote lauren sorry I'm excited to learn how to manage my time better, and that will definitely help me manage my stress as well. See, now, stress is an important thing. Like, if it was a, a class about mental health, we don't talk about that enough. We don't do enough to address, you know, people every day struggling with different mental health things. But if it's going to teach you, you know, how to go home and cook a meal, that's, uh, and I don't, I actually, on this very show, admit all the time I don't know how to cook things, that I have to put things in the oven that are simple and basic but if I, if I fended for myself, if I didn't marry a, a wonderful cook, uh, and by the way, I, I did, I lived uh, out of my house since I was 19 years old. Uh, my mom was not the kind of person that let a college kid live at home for very long. She thought that you got to figure it out, which a lot of people, you know, will credit her as, as helping you grow uh, for all of her kids. So I, I was capable of preparing my meals and not dying in the corner. Um, and I, I doubt any of these people are actually afraid of that, but at the same time, it's just... It's such a silly thing. Um, she said, I'm excited to learn that, that you know, stuff in class. Uh, we can only call them on the phone as of right now. She's talking about her professors if we need help and her parents, I think, actually. Uh, but that only goes so far. Oh, that's not a good quote. That's not what you need. You know, so she's excited to learn the, the real life skills that she'll need to be a, uh, an adult human. Hi, ABC meteorologist Joe Puma. Uh, I got to get this. It's behind me. Cloudy skies today. 34 was the high. It's actually currently 34. Tonight, cloudy snow flurries after midnight, a low of 24. 
Friday, mostly cloudy and milder, high of 38. Saturday, clear skies, a high of 45. Sunday, mostly sunny, mild, high of 50. Like I said, right now, it is 34 degrees at Radio Bloomington. Listening to the Greg Collins Show on WJBC. Greg Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. I'm with you guys till 6 o'clock. After me, Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day is uh, on the airwaves, so stick around for that. Two hours of thinking about baseball, thinking about the summer, which is a probably a very smart thing to do uh, this time of year. I love this story that I found in the New York Post, only because, like, I, you know, I, I'm sure that my wife is happy that she married me. Uh, but I think every so often she wishes I had a little bit more of, of, you know, appreciation or ability as far as the Mexican culture, as far as the Latin culture goes. And so this is going viral. This dude's name is Keith Moore. I guess he was hanging out in Costa Rica, 6'2", 200 pounds. He's a blonde American dude. Um, and I guess he's got a heck of a singing voice, and he's certainly fluent in Spanish based on this uh, video that's gone viral on Instagram. And Barstool and ESPN are some of the first couple places that shared it. Uh, but I, he's just walking around, 27 years old, like I said, you know, blonde white dude, and a mariachi band is, is chilling, and they ask him if he wants to sing a song with them. I don't know how it happened. I'm just assuming. But if it had been me, if this had been like the way that I had met my current wife who's from Mexico, I would have so many points. I can't even fathom the points, you know, that you would have got from this. So whoever whoever's with this dude, if it's, if it's someone of the culture, uh, if that's why he was in Costa Rica visiting family, they are going to embrace him with open arms. Uh, but listen to this guy singing with a mariachi mariachi band backing behind. Oh, there's the horn. Okay, I don't want to do any more because I'm getting real jealous. I'm getting real uh, sad that I can't do this. But this dude, I, I, I want to sing with a mariachi band so bad, too. Uh, Neil Doyle, I don't think I've ever shared that desire with you, have I? No, I don't think so. So we had a mariachi band at my wedding. Uh, there was actually two of them. Well, actually, it was the same one. We didn't know that. We paid for it on two different spots. So we had one in the, uh, in the church for the actual wedding itself, and we hired those guys like on the street day of. Because day of my wedding, I just started buying stuff, Neil. I bought fireworks for the after party. If you offered me anything in the 24 hours from when I woke up that morning till I was married that evening, I probably would have purchased it from any individual. Uh, so I'm glad that only a few people got to me at that time. But we, we bought a mariachi band while we're sitting outside in our little uh, uh, horse and buggy before we go into the church. They perform. It was awesome. Uh, then they came back. It was the same band at our reception that we had hired through the, uh, the reception venue that we had picked and performed again. And every time that a mariachi band appears, um, any, any situation, when I'm in Mexico, Betty's dad, uh, his name is Aurelio, always sings a song to close the night. Every time. I, I don't know what song it is. It's always the same song, I think. But every time, like the, everyone there, and there's always a crap ton of people when we have a mariachi band. And we've had it more than just at weddings, man. It's been like a random Tuesday where he'll bring one home, and then a whole bunch of people just show up at Betty's house, and mariachi band party breaks out, and then it always ends with him singing that song. And just once, just once, if I could be the guy to do it, if I could step up and do it, I would be the favorite easily. Because it's that extra step of being the gringo, you know? And them seeing him, like, going out with all the perfect Spanish words and hitting all the notes. Everybody loves you, man. 
She's got to start practicing. I, well, I don't think I could ever do this, though. <laughs> I don't think I have this in me. And this guy, he just did it like on the street in Costa Rica. He's like, you know what, mariachi band, can you guys play a tune? I got this. And he's, he's going to like 50,000 likes on Instagram in the last couple days. People are very, very impressed with the man. And it's just because the appearance is very different than the sound. Uh, they say that he would be an incredible contestant on The Voice. If he walked up there with a whole, I, I mean, just that. If you had an episode of The Voice where a dude performed with a mariachi band, I would turn my chair. I don't even care if he sounds good. I wish I was musically gifted. I just, See? you know. I know. And the singing one, that feels like the one that we're actually failing at. Because, like, learning an instrument, that takes work. Although I'm sure that singing, like, you can train yourself to be better at it. But every time that people sing better than me, I just, I feel sad. Because, like, I can sing. I sing stuff. Do you sing at home a lot? Um, no? Give and take, yeah. I mean, it depends. If I, if I put some music on, maybe if I'm, you know, cooking one night or cleaning the house and I throw, you know, throw the speaker on, yeah, I might sing along a little bit. You ever get a complaint from the lady? Uh, no. Okay. Not normally. I do. I get a complaint every <laughs> so often from the missus. But I like to sing, like, the same song. Um, and it just it's, it gets stuck in my head. And then for, you know, a two-day period, I will sing. And I actually sing lyrics wrong. So, like, I like Post Malone a lot. I listen to a lot of Post Malone, uh, but not enough, apparently, to retain actual lyrics. So his song, Circles, it, t- it sings about, like, seasons and stuff. And I get all those words wrong. I just make them all up. And well, so, right. I don't think a lot of people get the words right. Right. I mean, it doesn't I, matter. I, I know I don't a lot of the time. But. but that's one of the things I get criticized for. Betty is like, if you're going to sing this song for 24 hours straight, at least, like, learn the lyrics to it. You're going to just keep busted into it every time you're like making a, a breakfast sandwich or something <laughs> yeah that's the one thing i'm bad about like probably i don't know the lyrics because i don't know if i'm really fully listening to them if it's like right. hey if i like the beat of the song and it you know seems catchy enough like if i can kind of get the chorus that's really all i need i don't know if i need to know every word of it so that's my girlfriend same thing she's like don't you know what the, what they're saying or like what <laughs> you know what it means i'm like ah you know sometimes no i don't really pay attention i just kind of if it if yeah. it's catchy enough I right mean, you know i mean honestly like that's the part where we all we're all showing our art when i make up my lyrics to the post malone song that's me being an artist too betty <laughs> You know, that's me trying out the full, the full thing. You're just putting a little remix on it. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Right. right. Yeah. I'm, I'm in a radio world. I've got DJ inside me too somewhere. So, but it's, it's this, it's the, uh, it's the circle song by Post Malone. Very popular song right now. And the first lyric is seasons change and our love went cold. And I always sing seasons change and I'm ready to go. And I don't know why I sing that, but like my vision of his song is that like, oh, it got cold outside and I want to leave. You know, like that's, it's not about love anymore. It's about the fact that I live in the Midwest. It would make sense. Right. Seasons change and I'm ready to go. You want to hear it? And I'm ready to go. Yeah. That's the way you sing that. I mean, it wasn't too far off. Right. Exactly. He said, and I'm ready. I'm Well, but it's hard, too, because like, there was a song uh, that Taylor Swift, and this is always a popular radio segment, so let's try it. Uh, 829-2345. What is your favorite misheard lyric? What is the one that you are either a victim of or you know somebody else was? where you get it wrong. I've also talked about how I'm a fan of the Taylor Swift, and there was a song she put out recently, and I know uh, some people judge me for being a fan of the Tay the t- Swift, uh, but she put out a song somewhat recently that had, like, Starbucks in it, but it wasn't actually Starbucks. But the line everybody thought it was was Starbucks lovers, but it wound up being, like, something else. That's a genius two words, you know? Like, I would give her so much credit if she had written that. I can see what Starbucks lovers means. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much imagery and just those two words added together and what that relationship entails because they're not real lovers. 
Just like real people don't go to do real work at Starbucks, these are Starbucks lovers. These are commercial, you know, on the surface only lovers. Did I dive too deep in those two words? No, I mean, I, I think if you would have pitched that to her, she might have changed the lyrics to that. I think she should. Yeah. I think every so often some of these artists should just admit, okay, that guy got it better. You know, I'm going to go back in this 20-year hit that I've been doing. Someone should change these lyrics to something else. 829-2345. What is your favorite misheard lyric? If you have one or if someone else was a victim of one, right now mine is seasons change and I'm ready to go. Because it's true. When it starts to snow, we all kind of picture Florida. Quick break, a lot more. ABC.com. Now, back to the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. WJBC, Craig Collins Show, AM 1230. I got a caller on the air. Caller, what's your name? Name is Chad. Chad, you said you got a couple really good ones for misheard lyrics? I do. Uh, so we were just talking about this the other day at work. Uh, one of my friends... Uh, Almost 50 years old, uh, Marshall Tucker Band, uh, heard it in a love song. Mm-hmm. He goes, I'm embarrassed to admit that all these years I thought it was Purdy Little Love Song. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yep, that's kind of embarrassing. Yeah. But if you listen to it, it does kind of sound like that. The and Heard then, It in a Love Song, Pretty Little Love Song is what you said he was hearing? Purdy, yeah, Purdy. They said man card revoked for using the word Purdy. <laughs> Yeah, so the conversation evolved into uh, "Blinded by the Light." Oh I'm yeah, sure you know that that one was another one that everybody. Uh, no, but yeah, no. Or if you just no, go like Toto Africa or something like, I no idea what people are saying in some of those songs. It's more fair, but this one, the the "Heard It in a Love Song" one, I don't know, man. That does seem extra bad. <laughs> Take a listen. Yeah, I will. I'm going to play it in just a second. I'm trying to find one uh, with a good. Uh, bit of audio for it so i can play it for you too because i do you th- you didn't give him any credit then you're like 100 percent terrible call from your friend um yes yeah okay all right here yeah, you know what? thanks I mean, go ahead no go all right um no i was gonna just tell you thanks for calling in, man and i'm gonna try to find the actual lyric because i want to hear it too and i want to hear if anyone else can hear purdy little oh man that hurts with that word you're right i hate even saying purdy. that word yeah <laughs> funny thanks for calling in man uh, anybody else eight two nine two three four five what is a misheard lyric that you like a lot? Let's see if we can find this live. See, the problem, I don't have a, um, a producer. So, like, I'm trying to find this song, and I can't really hear it while also talking to you. So we're just going to be in the middle of this song, I think. Uh, that's the Marshall Tucker Band right there. This is all it. Good. Can you give it a second, though? It's coming up. Couple more sentences. You guys ready? Pretty little love song. I think it's the second one. I think it's that second hit. The the first one is very obviously heard it in a love song. But to give our listener's uh, friend a little bit of credit, when he goes up a little bit more, I can I can start to hear Purdy a little. If I'm li- if I'm listening for it, I think I can hear it. Uh, my wife Betty, who works at this radio station, heard my last segment. I was talking about a really good singer um, who was in Costa Rica, a blonde dude, two twenty six two American guy, and he's singing with a uh, mariachi band. And you rushed upstairs 
after I played that audio, right, Betty? Yes. Okay. Uh, part of the reason you rushed upstairs is because you didn't think it was that good. Is that right? <laughs> no, he was pretty good. His voice was good. The mariachi band you didn't like, though. Really? I don't know. You said something about not that good. What do you What do you mean for not that good? You texted that to me. Not that good. Pretty bad is what you wrote. No way. Yeah, maybe, what is that? maybe I meant something else, I but like, I like it. Okay, okay. You liked everything about it. Well, yeah. I mean, even his pronunciation, his Spanish pronunciation was pretty good. If I was ever to, able to do that in front of your family, how much more would they like me? Oh, they will hug you. Oh, and, everyone. And They'd and all yeah, rush to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, would it would be, be the be best moment. <laughs> the best moment for me and your extended, like, everybody would hug me. The extended family, it'd be 300 yes. hugs all of a sudden. Yeah, every single year <laughs> that you visit, they're like... Does he it speaks English Does, this year? Is like there any, a little bit more? any Spanish at all? <laughs> I mean, yeah. yes, Spanish. I'm yeah, sorry. that's okay. Uh, so you wanted to rush up for another reason, though, because then I started to talk to Neil about how I, more than he apparently, annoys you every so often while while singing at home. And yeah. actually, it, it happened this very morning, correct? And it wasn't yes. even singing. Yeah, no, you, uh, I don't know, probably you were dreaming about something, but <laughs> uh, well, it's actually pretty often, like every single day is kind of the same thing. <laughs> okay. Like I'm preparing breakfast or yeah. like preparing myself to mm -hmm. get out of the apartment or the house. And uh, and suddenly you start just talk, 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 <laughs> like, uh, like talking nonsense, like about work, about like something on, I was on telling your, your story. In your head. It's crazy because sometimes I even feel like scared, like if you are right. like If I have right, like mental problems, you mean? Yeah, because you, you talk to yourself sometimes. Like, I do. Like in, in yes. Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah. Does anybody else, Neil? Do you talk to yourself at all or no? Uh, yeah, occasionally. Okay, I think it's a radio thing a little bit. <laughs> uh, but now Betty's doing this thing brand new. Um, but the last couple of weeks she's been doing it. Anytime I talk too much and get to the annoying level of talking, you just start doing do it again. Talk 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 talk. <laughs> She just says it until I shut up. <laughs> yes. Hey, Betty, so oh. what do you think about this thing that I'm talking to you about the whole time? And then you just go. Yes, talk, 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 talk. It's Craig okay. talk. All right, Craig talk. But you yes. know, in college, kids used to introduce me as this is Craig. He doesn't shut up at all. Well, it makes sense. You're a radio guy. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but sometimes it could be, be very annoying. I okay. Think. Oh, it is. It's yes. very annoying. Oh, you know what? It's weird. We're out of time, Betty. I got to take a break. No okay. more annoying Craig stories. All right. A right. quick break. A lot more coming up in just a second on AM 1230 WJBC. I finally realized why it's bad. Chief meteorologist Brian Walder now weighing in on the show. Uh, cloudy skies with a few patchy flurries for the rest of the day today. Cloudy with a few flurries tonight as well. Freezing fog or patchy fog, excuse me, and freezing drizzle or possible a low of 27 cloudy with a stray light rain or snow shower possible tomorrow high of 38 lingering cloud cover uh, but a clearing possible late i guess a high of 39 on saturday sunday sunny 53 that's easy right now at radio bloomington it is 34 degrees dance for me dance for me dance for me oh, oh. you're listening to the great Greg Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. Got a phone call. Caller, what's your name? Caller, are you there? Are you on speaker now? Uh, she might be on speaker. I don't know if she's there. Caller, what's your name? My name is Pat. Pat? Um, I, it's, I'm getting a weird echo situation right now. I don't know what's happening. It's the weirdest. Uh, Pat, call back. Pat, turn your, turn your radio down. Yeah, well, and also, did you hear the way that that was happening? I don't think she was hearing me on her phone. Huh. I think she was listening to the radio because there was the echo, and then she'd respond. I think she had muted the, the phone sound or something, and she maybe she was, I don't know how that just happened. Pat, call back. Call us back and listen on the phone um, because it was, it was a delayed response situation too, Neil Doyle. Um, but, uh, yeah, Pat was going to tell me if she doesn't make it back that parrots are terrible pets. 
They're horrible, terrible pets. And I, I think it sounds like she's got some sort of, you know, life experience. Oh, there she is. All right, let's try this again. Pat, you're on the air on JBC. How are you doing? Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't realize what, what happened. but No, totally okay. So why why are parrots bad options as pets? Um, Because they live to be 50, 60 years old. Wow. You, you could, like, either outlive it or, you know, you'll be hauling a parrot around with you for probably the rest of your life. Okay, so Betty, my wife, kind of wanted to train the parrot to, like, stay on her shoulder like a pirate. And I was like, you can't, yeah. that's not a good look. You can't have that. But she no, did. And, Go ahead. And you have to wear, uh, like, a diaper on your shoulder. Yeah. I, had a, <laughs> I had a friend that had a parrot, and the parrot almost killed her. Wow, how? She had got some lung uh, infection from the parrot, and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. And Whoa. she was very, very ill, and okay. the parrot died, and... Um, he got better. Wow, okay. Uh, well, that that's as convincing as, as anything else you just said. I will not be getting a parrot, but thanks for calling <laughs> into the show, Pat. You're welcome. Parrot almost killed a person. Yeah, that's that's good enough for me. I will skip. I will convince Betty not to become a pirate. By the way, she really did want that. She was like, oh, no, you know, we both work. The parrot would be at home a lot. What if I could train it to just live on my, my shoulder? And I was like, it's fine. I mean, if that's – I'm not going to tell people how to live their lives. But that is way too close to pirate for me to do it, so I would I was going to decline. Um, in other news, uh, much sadder news, but I can't not continue to talk about the Kobe Bryant stuff because every night I go to bed and there's there's something else. Um, and this one, like, I actually... Do you cry or tear up uh, with any of this stuff, Neil, either with Kobe or any other celebrity? Uh, I can't say I have for Kobe. I mean, obviously, it's a very sad situation. Yeah. Um, I'm trying I, to think if there's any other celebrities that I, I have. I mean, I I don't know if I've ever really teared up, but no, I mean, it, this is not, it's, it's sad. Yeah, right. I, I've never done it before. I've never, um, uh, n- someone I didn't know, and I've actually said this uh, earlier on in my career, that it's it, there's a weird dynamic with celebrities, because like, we don't know them as people in our everyday lives, but they can have a huge, tremendous impact on us as individuals, and if they become you know, one of the bigger role models in your life, you... You feel like you know them when you don't. So I, I get how people I've known had like the Prince uh, passing away thing be so impactful in their lives and so upsetting. Um, but and Kobe was not my Michael Jordan. I was raised on actual Michael Jordan. That was like the best player in the history of the NBA to me. Um, I have a caller calling in. I'm kind of here. Hold on. I'll take this call. Caller, what do you want to say? I'd say that first off that I didn't cry for Kobe, but I cried when I watched Jerry West talk about him on the yeah like TNT thing. So it's like the empathy, like the pain that he was wearing on his face. I felt that. And yeah. then when Mike won his first ring after uh, his dad had gotten murdered, you could just see him on the floor just falling, hugging that trophy, missing his dad. You know what I mean? I, it wasn't necessarily because of the person, but it was because of that moment you could feel the emotion. That was coming off of them, if that makes any sense. Totally, do. Brian, thanks for calling in again, man. I, I appreciate that a lot, and I love that you mentioned the family thing, because this is what it's been with Kobe. So I've now uh, teared up, and I actually like legit cried once. Um, I legit cried once, and I've teared up twice in this whole thing. And it's not the, the Kobe part, although that's a massive loss to the world and a very upsetting story. It's his kid. It's the 13-year-old girl, Gianna, who we're not talking enough about. So I was watching an Instagram. I don't remember whose it was. Just a little like clip of videos of Kobe, and a bunch of them showed Gianna. 
And there's one where he's like, he, I, I think it was his last game that he ever played. He puts up that, that 60 points or whatever it was, and he walks out of the game and he does the little like double, double fist thing. Like you, you do both, uh, both explosion. What, are, what, what am I trying to say here? You do two poundits yeah. with the little girl. Right. And like, I, I legit started to cry. Like I saw him being a loving dad to the, to the daughter that he lost that, that you know, was also on that helicopter and just like weeping was that. And then last night, I'm reading Vanessa's statement. Vanessa is Kobe's wife, Vanessa Bryant, to my wife as we're getting ready to go to bed. So, like, I see it on Instagram, and I just start reading it. And I teared up, man. I couldn't make it through it. Um, I doubt that it'll happen now. uh, But thank you for all your prayers. This is what she said on her Instagram. We definitely need them. We've completely aware. Sorry, I'm reading it wrong. We're completely devastated by the sudden loss of my adoring husband, Kobe, the amazing father of our children, and my beautiful, sweet, Gianna, it's that that sentence, man. My beautiful, sweet Gianna. This 13-year-old girl is also not in this world anymore. A loving, thoughtful, and wonderful daughter, an amazing sister to Natalia, Bianca, and Capri. Uh, there aren't enough words to describe our pain right now. I take comfort in knowing that Kobe and Gigi both knew that they were so deeply loved. We were so incredibly blessed to have them in our lives. When you read that statement, and when you think about the fact that this woman now, Vanessa Bryant, is dealing with the loss of her husband and one of her four children. I I can't fathom that kind of thing. I can't. And there there were other kids on this helicopter too that had you know their family with them as well. And so well, the world has mourned for Kobe Bryant. And I think I had a caller uh, call in the first day of this week for this show when we we first started talking about this stuff on Monday and mentioned that there were other victims. Like I don't know that it it really sets in how how tragic this was. And, and the, the people on it and the age of some of the kids on it until you really start reading statements like that and seeing videos like the one of Kobe, you know, celebrating um, a basketball game with his daughter who wanted to be a WNBA player. Um, and I know I mentioned this earlier in the week, UConn, this, her dream school, the one she wanted to play at, gave her a jersey number, number two, and laid it down on one of their um, chairs uh, during a game. And so I, I thought that was a beautiful way to pay tribute to a, a girl. We don't even know how good she would have been. She's a star player on her team at 13 with a coach in Kobe Bryant, so she could have been a very, very good player in and of it, uh, in and of it herself. Uh, by the way, 10 NBA players will be changing their number to honor Kobe Bryant. Most of the players were wearing the number 8, one of the two numbers he wore during his career, so they will be moving away from that number entirely. There is a push for the NBA as a whole, a la the way that they, um, in baseball, they retired number 42 for Jackie Robinson, retired number 24, and or number 8 for Kobe Bryant. Uh, one player, though, uh, Quinn Cook, who is a Laker, will be wearing the number 28 uh, this coming season. He had been wearing the number 2. The 28 is to refer to both Kobe's number 8 and Gianna's number 2 uh, with UConn. So I thought that was a really beautiful way to pay tribute to more of the people, more of the, the sad, horrific things, uh, that we lo- the people that we lost. Because, man, there were three kids on that helicopter. I can't fathom what everyone's going through, and my heart goes out to all of them. You always say, like, you know, I give you uh, prayers and, and whatever, like, well, wish any of that kind of stuff. I don't know that that is, is valuable. Sometimes that feels hollow, but my heart goes out to these people um, because this must be just a devastating, horrible time, uh, and I feel so sorry for all of them. And I, I just continue to, to gravitate toward these stories because a lot of this stuff is moving, um, and a lot of this stuff is, you know, um, I don't know. All right, quick break. A lot more. JBC. You say you're sorry, but it's too now, 
Back to the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. Hang out with you guys until 6 o'clock this evening. Then you get two hours of Cardinals countdown to opening day from 6 to 8 o'clock. And I think a little bit of Ram- Is that true? Do we get Ramsey after 8? Yes, I yep. think till 9. nine. Yeah. Right, yeah. So yep. it'd be an hour Ramsey. For any Ramsey fans out there curious, you still get some of that uh, sweet, sweet financial advice that you're needing. Um, I love this story. A genius mom. She's been quoted as, as she's being called a genius mom. I uh, was trying to get her kid to take a bath. And some kids are notoriously difficult to get into the bath. Some kids are notoriously difficult. I can't say it to, you know, do any sort of cleaning. They like to they like to live in their own filth a little bit. And I get it. Uh, I've never been that one, but there were some in the family. I don't want to call them out. But some of uh, the people that uh, lived in our in our home uh, were a little uh, bath scared as children. So what did she do? How did she convince her child to, you know, clean himself, to, to be willing to, to dive in there? She photoshopped cockroaches on his body and showed it to him. That sounds a little scary, uh, maybe. But it's all photoshopped. The kid, you know, understood the message. And she was. it was a warning. It's like, look, son, if you continue down this path of not washing yourself at all, this is the end result. You're going to have a lot of buddies you don't want to have. Uh, the photo that she then shared to social media has gone viral. It's got, you know, 66,000 shares among hundreds of thousands of likes and comments. Um, and people love it. They're saying, I love it. Mine will be in the shower in 10 minutes and not get wet at all. Uh, this is a parent talking about their kid. So maybe this is the kind of thing she needs to show her child too. I love that. I love the fake out. Like if you're the kind of kid that's so committed to staying dirty, to not wanting to clean up at all, but mom finally gets you to, to at least get in the shower, you just stand in the back like kind of waiting. That's, that's an awesome move. Uh, several other people said how much they love it. Oh, my God, I love this, but I'll do it uh, for this, uh, this because he doesn't like to brush his teeth. So she's not going to go with the full shower thing, the toothbrush thing. Anyone in your family ever resist any sort of cleanliness, Neil? Uh, my brother's been known to maybe, uh, when he was younger, the tooth brushing or brushing the teeth was an issue. And then yeah. and the uh, teeth now, start falling out. And then in high school, too, he played football. And it's like sometimes he'd come home from practice and oh. just didn't want to shower. Oh, no. And I don't think it was, I think it was just more laziness. But it also might have been because I'd be like, you're really not going to get in the shower and it would just not annoy me but i'm just was more disgusted so i think he would not do it just to try to disgust me okay well that kind of thing happens i i can't i want to tell this story i'm pretty sure i can't tell this story i'm pretty sure i'd upset the family member oh, i want to tell it neil oh this is such this is the this is the biggest challenge of this job anyone who's like you shouldn't get paid money to talk you know like it's not that's not a hard job these are the moments when it's the most challenging because i have a story i think it'll entertain you neil i think it'll entertain the listeners here but on the off chance that my family member were ever to hear this story, they'd be sad. So let's say a random person who lived in my house would no, no, that sounds weird. It's a family member. I don't want to say who, but there was some, okay. So he found out early on in our lives, uh, even though now it annoys my wife whenever I do it. Uh, but guys, we, we do a certain thing every so often. We itch. Do you understand what I mean? Uh, yes. We itch a certain area. It happens. Everyone, everyone's done it. Right now, 829-2345, if you're a lady that wants to call in and say your man has never done it, he's just good at hiding it. He's ever, we've all done it at least at some point. My brother found out when we were kids that it annoyed me for him to do it. So, like, he would do it a lot and then try to, like, hand me things. You know? It was, it was, uh, it was the grossest of things, and I just totally outed who it was. My brother would do this to me. And uh, now he doesn't. Now he probably thinks it's, uh, you know, a shame that that happened. But he, he thought it was hilarious, dude. 
It was like the weirdest prank to play. Like, oh, uh, you need the ketchup? He'd do that, and then he'd try to hand me the ketchup. I'm like, man, just one time, stop. <laughs> just one time. But he's little. He, your brother was little brother, right? Yeah. So little brother loves to get under the skin of older brother. They, let, they don't do it in the normal ways. As older brother, we win at everything. You know, so they, they just do everything they can to push those buttons. Yeah, and he would. But then as he got older, when he got, a, you know, a little bit bigger than me, right. and he, you know, could hold his own when it came to Stuff. sports and, you know, being physical. So then I definitely had to turn on, you know, get in, get in into the mental aspect more, get, in, <laughs> get, get into his brain that way. So Well, because, like, guys, brothers, we will, oh, there's some form of warfare going on. I love my brother. He's uh, closest in my, my whole family to my brother. But at the same time, man, like every so often, if I can really get under his skin, there's something fun about that, especially at like a big event. The bigger the event, the more people involved where I can make it go rogue for just a few seconds, and then you apologize. You have the heart-to-heart and you say sorry. But there's something about it for both of us that'll always be fun. I can't believe I outed him, though. I don't think he's going to be stoked about this. Nobody tell my brother that I told that story. Uh, Sanjay Gupta coming up now. Quick break. A little bit more AM Chief Meteorologist Brian Walder. Cloudy skies with a few patchy flurries today. Cloudy with flurries tonight as well. Patchy fog, freezing drizzle, a low of 27. Tomorrow, cloudy with a stray light rain um, or a snow shower possible, high of 38. Saturday, lingering cold cover, uh, cloud cover, excuse me, but some lingering possible, uh, I guess, late clearing maybe possible, a high of 39. Sunday, sunny and 53. That one's easy. Right now, 34 degrees at Radio Bloomington. I like this story, and I'm going to tell it to you right before the news here because I only have a few minutes, and then we got news coming up on AM 1230 WJBC. A Florida man was getting ready to take out his boat, so he drives to the local gas station. He starts to pump the gas into his boat, but he notices $60 later uh, that he put the fuel nozzle in the wrong slot. It was in his fishing pole slot, which was you know essentially just sticking out to nowhere, and this gas started spilling all over the front of his boat, it started spilling all around the uh, the gas station. He's 31 years old. He was horrified for his mistake. He tried to start cleaning everything up, but the 24-foot deck made it really difficult to get all the gas. So he had to eventually go into the 7-Eleven and tell the personnel there who called the fire department, the non-emergency line, because apparently you got to do this. And it was determined that it was a level three hazmat situation. So people had to be cleared from the scene while they cleaned up all the gas at the gas station. This had to be as embarrassing as it gets. The guy's got a boat. So obviously, like, life's pretty good. Uh, But at the same time, man, like, you spill gas everywhere. Uh, This does remind me of a story, though, Neil. Uh, One that, yet again, might get me in trouble with a family member with about two minutes to go here before news. So I'm going to get cut off, family member. You should be happy about it. Um, But I'm going to name her. My wife did this one time. My wife, um, my lovely wife, Betty, Mexico, they don't let you pump your own gas there. Much like Jersey, they pump it for you. So anybody walks up, they ask you how much you want. They do the whole thing, and then it's done. And so Betty didn't understand the locking mechanism in the pump. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you have it clipped down, it'll shoot gas out. And I don't know why. I think she was trying to, like, hit a certain number financially because we're, we're at the, we have the car together. She gets out to pump the gas, and she didn't want to fill it all the way up. I don't know for what reason. I can't remember. I think she just wanted one of them perfect pumps where you get to, like, 20 bucks exactly. So she tried to snag it out at 20 but it hadn't clicked yet, uh. and she just started shooting gas everywhere. And I, to this day, I remember how lovely and cute she seemed in the panic of that situation because she started slamming on the, the car window where I was sitting in the car. And then as I got out, she just looked at me so sad. She's like, help, turn it off. And I just had, I had to take it from her, unclick it. And then like, man, but it was so, 
I don't know if it was a level three hazmat. A lot of gas spilled out, <laughs> well. but I don't think we told the authorities, so we might have screwed that up a little bit. But she did like try to lovely clean everything up with just as many towels as have ever been used, those little napkin things at the gas station. And to this day now, she doesn't pump gas anymore. She's like, husband, you get out and do it. It's a traumatic experience. It, I know. Walder weighs in in just a second, but this weather is sponsored by Heller Motors. Uh, looking for a newer used vehicle at a low price? Then Heller Motors in Pontiac is a place to go. Heller Motors loves to make their customers happy with its great selection, low prices, and outstanding service. Shop Heller Motors online or at hellerstores.com. Today, cloudy skies, a few patchy flurries. Tonight, same thing, cloudy with some flurries, uh, maybe some patchy fog and freezing drizzle, a low of 27. Tomorrow, cloudy with a light rain possible. A snow shower also could be possible, a high of 38. Saturday, lingering cloud coverage, uh, plus some clearing possible late, a high of 39. Sunday, sunny and 53. Right now at Radio Bloomington, it is 33 degrees. You're listening to The Great Collins Show on WJBC. Great Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. I will continue to promote the fact that I have offered to completely remove all the hair on my body <laughs> if I were capable of uh, raising more funds for the Polar Plunge than uh, Buck Stevens, the guy at uh, B104. So right now he's at pretty much $1,000, I think 800-something, but he could get to a grand. And I think I'm still sitting at uh, 125. So this hasn't been a terribly motivating thing to offer out there to the world, uh, but it is out there for the world to, you know, consider. So if you want to throw a donation down, I know I have a couple people on my Facebook page that said they might throw $100 at this cause. We need several of those. We're going to need big donations. And Brock's back, by the way. He's now involved in this thing. He's part of the team. And I kind of would rather beat him if I have to do something this intense. But it's, it's too late in the rules, right? Like, I, this would be violating the rules to make the new challenge beat Brock. Yeah, I mean, you already said Buck. I okay. feel like you got to. I just I don't want to single out Buck anymore. If Brock winds up outdoing both of us and I still go in there without eyebrows, like, that really feels, you know, <laughs> like a mischance. Uh, but, yeah, okay, I won't do that. Brock's already got a $500 donation from somebody, so I think he's going to outraise us both no matter what. Uh, but if you want to see see Dolphin Craig exist in this world, uh, that is that is possible if you do uh, you know if you raise enough. Funds. I've got a, a concern about your radio program. Oh, I'm sorry, Scott. If that's a thing that worries you, I'm sorry. I will try to move on from that topic as much as I can. Uh, Scott Miller weighing in here on AM 12:30 WJBC. A lot of other stories to get to though. A lot of other things in the news. I, I talked about this earlier on in the show, and then I forgot to pay it off. Uh, a six-year-old went viral for their brutal takedown. Of the Shirley Temple, and I thought at first it was the the TV character, the TV star. It's not. It's the drink. This six-year-old is a a viral sensation, a you know a reviewer of things. Uh, she gave the Shirley Temple a seven point eight on a ten point scale, but said some some really disparaging things about the drink, which we all know is alcohol free. In case anyone is curious, if they're uh, if someone's giving alcohol to a six-year-old, no, that's not a thing that's happening. Uh, but here's the reaction. And I could actually just play the audio, I guess, but I'll, I'll read it. Now, this is the first time I've ever had a Shirley Temple with a cherry outside, not inside. But all right, let's try it. I love that, that it starts out with a little bit of like, you know, this is not the right way to create this drink. All right. Uh, she then goes on to say, then I drank it, and I was like, mm, this is really good. Uh, but then, a little bit later, they said, yeah, sure. And I said, I think Shirley Temple King is a good name. So then there's then some debate as to what the name of the product is. But then the, the thorough, the real takedown of the product comes out. Um, and I guess because that all went viral, her dad was then asked to weigh in on the thing. 
I know the entertainment space really well. This is uh, uh, Leo. Uh, this is Tom, actually, excuse me. Um, but I didn't think that it would have this much of a, an impact. I didn't think it would be this big of a deal. Uh, they drank a Shirley Temple uh, when she was pregnant. I guess the mom did. I uh, used to have a lot of Shirley Temples when she was pregnant. And so maybe that's the reason for the, the strong feelings about it. Uh, you'd been, uh, the kid had been ordering them for years and had liked to talk about them a lot. And just in this one-off, this video, I guess as they tried the Shirley Temple, they just didn't think it was as good. So that's when things go pretty rogue. Uh, but I just love the idea that like kids review stuff now, and it goes viral all the time. There's a famous person, a famous little kid, uh, who I think is like growing up now. I don't know how old he is now, but he used to just review toys. And he had like millions of viewers on his YouTube page. I got to figure out what this kid's name is. Kid that reviewed, Googling it right now on the show, uh, reviews toys. But this guy made uh, tons and tons of money. Ryan Toys Review was the name of the, the website or the name of the, the YouTube page. And it, it did really, really well. People like companies used to start paying this kid uh, to go to like Toys R Us and just unbox stuff and play with it. And his reviews, if they were positive, like I guess had an impact on sales. So how crazy is this? Like in today's day and age now, a kid can launch their own YouTube channel, their own whatever, and go viral with like a Shirley Temple review, etc. So there's just a lot of stuff out there in the world where you can I, do whatever you want to, uh, you know, put something out there in social media and hope for the best. If your kid went viral, though, 829-2345, would you be worried? Would you, would you want to maybe keep them out of the spotlight if it got too big? Uh, the reason I bring this up, too, is is Greta, uh, who is so famous right now. She's a teenager, and she's the one who's fighting so much against climate change and, you know, to do better out there. But her parents, I think this was a couple weeks ago, had been interviewed, and her dad specifically even said, I worry about her. She's now touring the world. She's on everybody's, you know, mind. She's a time person of the year. And while doing all that stuff, while being out there in the world so much, you know, you wonder what kind of impact that has on somebody who's still not done with high school. So you say things like, well, maybe we do our best to, to get her to not be the public face for something this big or not be the young public face for, for such a big issue. Uh, but she seems to be comfortable with it and doing it. So I guess you just let him roll. And the same thing is true in a much different way. If your kid is going viral for his reviews of, of drinks or toys on, online, yeah, fine. You know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But for the most part, it just seems like, uh, you know, that's the day and age in which we live. Um, I thought this was funny. I wanted to bring this up for a second. A portion of the U.S. border wall that's being built in California was blown over by wind. Uh, it actually landed on the Mexican side. This is in El Centro, California. Um, and so this border wall has been going up. Uh, there was a huge debate, obviously, as you know, about the wall itself. But then some funding wound up being placed in certain ways where then President Trump could use that to build some wall. And some of this wall was blown over by 37-mile-per-hour wind. And so my only reaction when reading this story uh, not that I want to advocate for or against a border wall, but if wind takes it down, man, that's not going to be that's not going to work out. The, the design seems to be compromised, at least a tad, in my opinion. If it takes a 37 mile per hour wind to take a portion of it down, you might want to go back to the the contractor, go back to the construction workers, and get a refund because this is probably not how we need this to operate. We probably need it to be a little bit stronger, a little bit more effective, if that's the kind of thing you want to prevent. All right, I got to take a break. A lot more coming up. AM 1230 WJBC. It's Craig Collins Show with you guys till 6 o'clock. Then you have the Cardinals countdown. Wherever you go. Don't let them see. Be the good girl you always have to be. Conceal, don't feel. Don't let them know. Well, now they know. 
Wendy Williams. That is Maisie Williams in an upcoming Super Bowl commercial singing Let It Go from Frozen. Uh, I don't know if a more perfect Super Bowl commercial has been created. That's going to be very popular with a lot of people. You put, I think, the most popular character from the Game of Thrones TV show, which was, you know, very popular up until its last season, in a commercial driving a car, and she's singing the song from Frozen. Uh, And I'm actually impressed with her voice, by the way. That was a a better rendition than you expect. Uh, Every time an actor or an actress can sing like they're not known for doing it but they can just throw that down too uh, i i'm very impressed and then at the same time i always get like a little bit a little bit sad a little bit jealous because like the more things that attractive talented people have <laughs> the more you're like hey man can i have like some of those talents can you give me some of the things uh were you impressed with Maisie's voice neil doyle my, my button wasn't ready you know yeah very yeah. very impressive and he's singing frozen like that's gonna be popular uh, very popular. That's, that's an easy move. That's if you're a commercial, if you're a Super Bowl creator of commercials, and someone pitches you that like a, a famous celebrity is going to sing that song in your car, you green like that all the time, right? I still am going to admit I don't think I've seen Frozen all the way through in its entirety. That's wonderful. I haven't. I I well, I've I've sat through all of Frozen. Can I can I say it that way? I've been in the room for the entire duration, but I'm not sure that I paid attention terribly well. No. It's not it's not my cup of tea. That one. Sure. Yeah, I like some of the other ones, but that one's not my. Not my jam, but uh, I have nieces and nephews, and they love the crap out of that t- that uh, movie. And then the second one, I think, was was as good, or maybe it wasn't. I asked that as a question because a lot of the kids that I know that were into the first one don't seem to really like the second one as much. Yeah, I think it was just okay from what yeah. I've heard. I think they, they missed the boat. Because even that song, this is current Super Bowl. It's this year, and they're not pulling a song from the newer movie that's from the original. That's OG. Um, but yeah, I like that commercial a lot. There's a lot of Super Bowl commercials, and I'll get to them a little bit later on in the show. We also are supposed to speak with Busey Bank uh, at some point, so I, I, I hope to get them in here. Uh, they got a lot of really cool information for you guys, so Busey Bank will hopefully be here after the 4.30 break. Uh, right now, though, I want to talk about Baby Yoda, uh, another very popular, very easy thing. I don't think that Baby Yoda has popped up in a Super Bowl commercial yet, but I kind of expected that to happen. Uh, but it has been announced that you can now buy an official life-sized Baby Yoda, if that's your jam. It's one foot three inches tall. Uh, it's the exact size that the character is supposed to be in the TV show. It looks adorable. This thing this thing does look um, adorable. I don't usually buy toys, and I don't know if I can bring myself to do it, man. But at the same time, like I think this would be a popular item in the house. I don't think a lot of people who are familiar with this guy would, would judge me for having him if I do. It's just all the people who don't know it, have any idea what it is, right? You put a Baby Yoda on display, and you're really just going for the nerds uh, that come through the door. Everybody else is going to be like, why the hell is there a tiny little Yoda there? Yeah, I mean, but you think this has gotten so big, you don't think people are... I would assume. You know? I mean, he's in memes. You go to the ISU games, and people hold up Baby Yoda to right. try to distract people. He is everywhere. And it's, it's, uh, it's a very lifelike, very real-looking you know, little figurine. And it's the exact price. Do you want to do you want to know what the um, price of the item is, though? Is it like ridiculous, or is it's it... more expensive than you want it to be? If you had to guess, uh, lifelike baby Yoda, one and a half feet tall. What would you price that out as? Um, Looks like it could convincingly, you know, appear in an episode of the show. Like it's it's oh, very wow. well done. I don't know, a couple couple thousand. No, I no, no. You went too crazy. I made it. I oversold it. Oh. Three fifty. Yeah, I mean that's up there. 
That's too much. It looks like it could be in like in a show. Though. I mean, at three fifty. I feel like that's kind of. He's got little like price. hairs sticking off his head. Like they actually put little like fuzzy hairs on there. Yeah. And he's got the little coat that looks like it's a real like made. It comes with an apple too. I don't know why. I saw the whole Mandalorian show. I don't remember when he interacts with an apple. But <laughs> or maybe it's just for. I think maybe that's just in the photo for for me to understand the size of the product. Oh, I think okay. that's a sizing thing. Uh, maybe he doesn't come with that apple. But it's it's in the the post from the company that's selling him. Um, just so you can see, I guess, how big he is. But it looks it looks cool. I, I don't know. It's a little creepy, though. Have you seen Baby Yoda? Obviously, uh, you have. Yes. Those dark eyes, like, it's if it's looking at you, I, maybe I'll share this on my Facebook page. Because, like, if you had this in your living room, and you're just watching a TV, TV show or something, and it looks like he's just staring at you, you might get a little intimidated. There's, yeah. I think there's a fear factor in it, maybe. Just don't look at him. Right, yeah. Just, just, you know, let him sit there. Just don't give him the eye. How sad would it be if I got so intimidated by this thing that I turned him around? So then, like, he's staring at the wall. Someone comes to my house. They're like, is that a baby Yoda? Yes, it is. Why did you face him at the wall? I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, that he walks in. Like, why is, why is, uh, why is baby Yoda fa- right. did he get in trouble? Why is yes, he, in the he did. Corner? He's going to be in trouble, and I don't want to see him. Because it is. The eyes, like, dude, they just stare. And that was the creepiest thing about the guy, even in the even in the TV show, like, it's just big, thick, black, brown eyes that just stare at you. So I, I would be intimidated. And he doesn't smile. He's a tiny little baby. He's a baby Yoda, and he does not smile. All right, I got to take a break. I'm behind. Uh, quick break, a lot more. ABC Chief Meteorologist Brian Walter. I got that with me here just a second. He likes to do this one. And go ahead, Brian. From Heart of Illinois, ABC, I'm Chief Meteorologist Brian Walter, and this is Ram 1230 WJBC Forecast. We'll continue to see cloudy skies throughout the rest of the evening hours and into tonight. Once again, can't rule out a few patchy flurries, maybe some patchy frost or freezing drizzle. That happens. Could see some black ice in spots tomorrow morning, so keep that in mind when hitting the roadways tomorrow morning. Low temperature in the upper 20s, but highs tomorrow in the upper 30s, so a couple degrees warmer than the last few days. Might see a couple light rain and snow showers, especially later in the day tomorrow. Then cloudy skies will continue into Saturday. Once again, high temperatures in the upper 30s. But we're closer to 50 degrees on Sunday and finally getting some sunshine back in the forecast. We're still mild for Monday with highs remaining in the 50s, but expect more cloud cover. A few rain showers possible later in the day. Then rain changing the snow throughout the day on Tuesday as cold air returns to the forecast. Eventually by Wednesday, high temperatures dropping back into the 30s. From Heart of Illinois, ABC, I'm Chief Meteorologist Brian Walder, and that is your AM 1230 WJBC forecast. Thank you very much, Brian. Right now at Radio Bloomington, it is 34 degrees. Now, back to the Craig Common Show on WJBC. I went over the um, total amount of food that'll be consumed at the Super Bowl earlier this week, like billions of wings, millions of pizza, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but a new piece of information came out. How much will each one individual consume so if we were good at math uh, we probably could have done this ourselves earlier on uh, but we we waited for the experts to do it the average individual uh this is a a nuts amount i can't fathom how this is accurate will eat eleven thousand calories and 19 different types of food eleven thousand two thousand calories is the average like daily diet that's the recommended amount so during the super bowl we will blow way past that number and consume eleven thousand calories uh, how do we get that uh, breakdown, you say? Well, uh, no problem. I have that right here. 19 different food groups will be used. 2.7 wings will be consumed, which feels really low to me, by the way. If you eat wings, you eat a bunch. Nobody eats like two and a half wings. But that is the average amount. per. per do a lot of people like skip the wing? I don't understand. Two and a half wings. Neil, does that sound like something that you would do? 
I uh, probably okay. Two and a half. You wouldn't go more wings. Well, it, it depends. Like I told you, I'm a big. I like a chips and a dip. So. I got gotcha. you. Well, here's the next one. Here's the issue. I dive in. If it depends, if I pace myself on the chips and dip, then yeah, I'm probably going to have more wings. But if I hit the chips and dip hard, <laughs> you know, maybe not. Maybe I'm not going to have as many wings. All right. Well, maybe maybe a lot of people like you then, because here's the next one, and this is what confuses me. If I were to eat one of these two items, and I love both. But if I were to eat a lot more of one and not the other, it would have been wings. 3.2 slices of pizza. Only two and a half wings, but at least three pieces of pizza is the average amount of pizza consumed per person, Super Bowl uh, day. 2.7 servings of fries. Do you even have fries? I don't, I don't think we have fries at my parties. I can't tell you if I've ever had a fry at a Super Bowl 2. party. 2.1 servings of fries hmm. on this list of the 19 different food groups that will get you to 11,000 calories on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, 3.4 bags of chips will be consumed. See, there we are. That sounds a little bit right. 1.9 bowls of chili, 2.4 burgers, 1.7 sliders, two hot dogs per individual, 2.7 portions of nachos. So I guess that goes beyond the chips. Three pieces of fried chicken, so that's not the wings. And then depending on the party, you may also have 1.8 ribs, 1.7 sausages, 1.6 slices of cake, 1.8 brownies. Am I overloading you yet? I mean, it's it's just some of these categories. It's like, are you really, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, uh, maybe it's just a collection of all the people together. Um, and this uh, story, it's not actually sponsored by Tums, but Tums is mentioned in here. Uh, I'm not done, though. 1.8 bowls of ice cream, 2.1 subs might be might be eaten per person. I don't What do you mean? You mean like a six-inch? You mean like a, a foot-long sub? What are we talking about yeah. here? Because 2.1 subs per person in and of itself is a Thanksgiving meal. Uh, 1.7 bags of candy, 1.9 chocolate bars, and 2.3 bowls of salad. Those are the 19 different food groups and the average amount certain people, all people, will consume here in the United States during Super Bowl Sunday. That sounds to be way too much, and it doesn't even incorporate any amount of drinking. Drinks are not mentioned at all in the 11,000 calories. That's not good. I know, because you got to wash all that down somehow, man. And you, If you've got beer there, uh, or wine, hopefully for me. Because I'm a wine. Have I? Have I? Have we talked about this? That I go wine now only at bars. I've heard that. Yeah, we've talked about this before. Huh? Bartender Neil, uh, what say you? Uh, if you were going out with a group of buddies uh, and one of the guys just kept getting like the soft cab, what would you? What would you say to that guy? Well, I'm not. I enjoy wine, but it just. I feel like it's based more on the setting that you're in. Yes. I mean, like if I, I agree, you're going to your local pub or sports bar it's like are you really gonna order wine i'm there? doing it oh, well hey kudos to you I, I, I you know stick stick with what you want to do and if you know some people have that signature drink they like and they don't care where they are they're gonna get it then you know kudos to you i like i like that you said all that because that's not why i'm doing it at all the reason i'm doing it is to you know drink something slow because uh, any of that other stuff i'm starting to turn it into like water <laughs> I, I drink beer fast i drink mixed drinks fast but if i get like a a cabernet sauvignon or whatever i don't even know them man i'm not i'm not a wine snob at all I usually ask the bartender, and I know I've said this on the show, to get me a cup of wine, and they look at me like I'm an idiot. They're like, you got to give me more details. And I'm like, no, I don't. Get any cup you want. I'll drink red, white. I'll drink, I don't care. Yeah, you just got to tell them I want the house red or the house white, and then they'll just, whatever that is at the establishment, that's what they that should I know. bring you. Yeah, I don't even care. Like, they could go top shelf with it. Why not? It probably would just make me drink it slower when they tell me it's $45 for the cup. <laughs> and I'll be like, okay, guys, it's the only one Craig's having, and then he's got to leave. Uh, but I like it. It's, it seems to be a good way to control the impulse to turn a, a nice evening into a crazy evening, in my own opinion. Um, 
this story caught my eye uh, just because I like it, and I have the commercial, so I'll play the commercial too. Uh, but a CEO of a company um, was really, really happy with the fact that people were able to save uh, his dog. He has a golden retriever, a golden retriever that appeared in a Super Bowl commercial in the past, uh, but that, that dog got cancer. And a group was able to solve the problem, and it's all advertised in the commercial. He spent $6 million on an ad this Super Bowl uh, that will air and, and tell the whole story, and I'll play it now. Uh, because he's so grateful to the veterinarians of medicine that work at uh, Wisconsin School of Veterinary and Medicine, he, he's so grateful to those people that he wanted to make a full ad and he didn't care what the price was in order to thank them for the work. Listen to this. Hi, I'm Scout, and I'm a lucky dog. And it's not just because I found this cool stick or that I was in the WeatherTech commercial on the big game last year. It's that I'm a cancer survivor, had a tumor on my heart, and only a 1% chance of survival. I'm alive thanks to a cutting-edge program at the University of Wisconsin School of Veterinary Medicine. Their research has the potential to save millions of pets' lives. Pets make a difference in your life. You can make a difference in theirs. Donate now at weathertech.com slash donate. Okay, that's a great commercial. That's a wonderful spot. And he, he says when he was interviewed by it, uh, the guy who paid for this ad who, you know, I guess WeatherTech, they do this often, but he went rogue. He paid for it himself because he wanted to really get the word out. He said that there, uh, there was little room uh, for hope. Uh, there he was standing in the corner, and he's wagging his tail at me, and they're telling him that he has about a month to live. They're telling him that his dog, who he cares about a lot, has a month to live. So he reaches out to the UW Veterinarian Care team. They tell him about this procedure that you just heard about, and they inevitably save his life. Uh, McNeil goes on to say, Scout's illness devastated us. We wanted this year's Super Bowl effort to not only raise awareness, but also financial support for the incredible research and innovative treatments being done there, uh, where Scout is still a patient. So the dog is still being treated. But it, it's just, uh, you know, some people would would turn their noses up to the idea that you would spend large amounts of money to save a family pet um, from something like cancer, you know, because for whatever reason, people have all differing opinions of how valuable financially a pet is to your life. And I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm not going to tell you what amount is right for certain people. But if they if they are so connected to their family dog and want to do everything they can uh, to make sure that, you know, he's in their life for as long as he can be, and this procedure wound up... Set, like, it's, it's such a great cause, man. I love the... The idea of it, I love the commercial. I don't know how much it'll benefit the company, the WeatherTech company that's putting it out there, which is a weird thing to say, but you also become curious as to how effective of an actual commercial this would be for the company that's branded in it. But it's just such a lovely story and such a cool thing for the guy. Granted, obviously with enough funds to to pay for, you know, advanced medical treatments for his family pet and then drop $6 million on a commercial to promote it, but... It's cool that there's a lot of work being done to have innovative treatment for pets for those families that really do, you know, have the ability and have the connection to, you know, uh, a pet in the family to do anything and everything uh, to keep them from, you know, uh, uh, leaving us too soon. So it's a cool story. I love that it's a commercial that's going to air uh, this Sunday. So look out for that one. A quick break. A lot more coming up on AMP. BC. You're listening to The Greg Collins Show on WJBC. Greg Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. Hanging out with you guys until 6 o'clock. Cardinals countdown to opening day from 6 to 8. A little bit of uh, Dave Ramsey after that, too. So everything, all the options for the rest of the evening tonight. So stick with us right here on AM 1230. Uh, A new study finds that an egg a day is perfectly healthy for your heart. My wife will be thrilled to hear this. A study out of Ontario has found, I guess there's some debate 
back and forth as to the uh, the health hazards, the heart disease risks involved in uh, having like eggs every single morning. And certainly there's a lot of cholesterol in the product, as found by the University and Hamilton Health Sciences uh, Department. But for the most part, if you have just one egg a day, the uh, pros outweigh the cons. I've always wanted to do this, and this is, it's a stupid thing. Uh, but I said this, I think, last week maybe or this week, like those movie moments you see that you'd love to live out in real life. And this is a tiny little one. Uh, but I think it would impress the crap out of people, <laughs> which is why I wish I could do it. Like, if you ever got into working out real hard? Like, you started, Neil's been going to the YMCA every morning, Neil. You've been, been hitting that up. Been trying. Yeah, and you're doing uh, a different, are you doing, like, uh, lifting every day? What are you doing? I normally do at least 30, 40 minutes of some type of cardio. And there then, uh, yeah, I have just lifted on the machines, nothing. No, it's okay. Yeah, That's I mean, still, nothing crazy. But you're getting after it. Yeah. So you go, you do this for months and months and months, like I want to do. You start to get, like, kind of bigger. Um, and this is the movie moment that I'd like to do. I'd like to be around like a group of people and just intimidate them with my like wellness by just uh, drinking a bunch of raw eggs like Rocky used to do. Because like nothing seems tougher or more like you're just concerned about getting the protein in your body. You don't care how it's going in than like just breaking like six eggs into a cup and just swigging them back. Have you ever tried to drink a raw egg? I can't say I ever have. Me neither. No. Eight two nine two three four five. Anyone out there? Uh, have you ever done that? It does, does it look kind of like intimidating though if you saw somebody do it like especially somebody in pretty good shape and they do it to like be fit? Do you know the moment in Rocky that I'm talking about? Yes, I do. He just throws him back, man. And Sylvester Stallone really did that in the movie. He's just like, "Okay, that's what Rocky does. I do that now." It's the it's that seems so tough. And I don't know if I'm imagining it. Maybe I've seen it recently in some movie I watched or I feel like I almost saw in a real life somebody do it, but I can't, I, I don't know, maybe it was a dream. Oh, I, feel like I, I feel like I've just recently seen somebody chug the raw egg, but it, it must have been in a show or something. No, I hope you dream it, Neil, because then you and I have the same dream to one day both be able to do it. I just got a text from my wife, though, and now I don't know, I'm standing up. I don't know what to think about this because it's not the same. Betty, it's not the same. You're telling me this, but it's not the same. She just sent me, I literally in all caps, ha, 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 ha. That's the first text from Betty. You have done that. Is the second test still in all caps, Neil? Uh, what do you mean, Betty? On the shakes that I make you in the morning, I usually put one raw egg. She put she makes these like breakfast shakes in the morning for us. Uh, they go with our bread. My wife is amazing. She makes like food and all these options for me every day, dedicated to doing it. And apparently, she thinks it's hilarious that I've never articulated this to her before. Because, but I'm not doing it the real way, the Rocky way, Betty. He just slams back like six eggs with nothing in it. Uh, but you're telling me that we drink raw eggs every day? I, I do it, Neil. I throw them back. I guess you do. I'm so into Now you just got to take all the sweet, awesome, like tasty things and like berries she puts in there. But apparently I get this done. I feel like it's there's a, like a health risk to it. No, I think you'll be okay. Okay. I, well, apparently I've been fine so far. Man, I feel so tough right now. <laughs> I'm standing up in the studio. I'm bouncing around. I feel like I could, you know, fight somebody. I don't want to fight anybody. I'm not, I don't know how to throw punches. But I feel like I could. I feel like I'm Rocky. I'm going to go for a quick run. It's uh, it's almost news time on AM. Walder, tonight, cloudy with a few flurries and some patchy fog, freezing drizzle, a low of 27. Cloudy with a stray light rain slash snow shower possible tomorrow, a high of 38. Lingering cloud cover, but some will clear in the afternoon, a high of 39. Sunday, sunny, high of 53. Right now, Radio Bloomington, it is 33 degrees. I like carpool karaoke. You probably like carpool karaoke. Lots of people like the carpool karaoke segment. 
that James Corden started on his Late Late Show. It then became a spinoff, its own TV show. Uh, if you've never seen it, uh, he gets in the car with a celebrity. The most moving one, and it actually is moving, is him uh, with one of the Beatles, uh, Paul McCartney, and he take a ride together, and he's really moved by it because they're driving around in London, uh, which is really cool. Um, and he, you know, remembers how much of a fan his dad was of the Beatles. But it's it's funny uh, most of the time, and it's a great segment. But I guess there's some drama now. There's some some claims of things being fake, etc. And James Corden weighed in on his show last night. I have the audio. Thanks for being here tonight. Now, after I'm going to talk to you about something. Now, I, I, I'm sure many of you have heard. Uh, I've recently been the victim of a scandal in the media, and there's been some very, very serious allegations made against me. And I just want, I, I want to get ahead of everything and address those rumors and assure you, my audience, that these accusations are not true. Okay, I am, of course, talking. <sighs> I am, of course, talking about the people saying that I don't drive the car during carpool karaoke. Right? Now, I really hate that I'm about to say this, right? But fake news. Okay. <laughs> That is awesome. I love that he does the fake news drop, too. It's it's such well, it's so um, uh, artfully built up, uh, too, by the way. And uh, he went on to say later on in that segment that 99, or 90, excuse me, 95% of the time, I really am endangering the lives of the world's biggest pop stars because he really is driving the vehicle as they're singing and not paying attention. But it is TV, he said, and sometimes we do stuff just for the sake of entertainment, meaning that 5% of the time, the car might be moving without him controlling it somehow. Uh, and that's when he is, you know, I guess had been spotted. And back on January 22nd, someone had a viral tweet accusing him of faking the whole thing because uh, they saw him and Justin Bieber filming a shot for Carpool Karaoke where he wasn't even driving the car. I just love how big it's played up, how well it's done. And that segment is funny. He's good. Uh, James Corden is good. Um, I like Craig Ferguson a lot in that time slot, too, mostly because we share the same name. But I, I think that that's the closest. He's obviously also playing up something that was way more serious. Uh, but I don't know if anyone listening just now remembered when David Letterman took the stage and confronted the issues of, of infidelity and the you know person who was trying to uh, blackmail him, etc. Because it, it had a similar feel. And James Corden would be someone who, who cares about the radio thing, but that, or the excuse me, the TV history there. But then to juxtapose it, do it that way. That was well done, James. I, I give you credit. He also said, is it worse than cats as a question out there, too, because a lot of people like to make fun of cats. Moving on, in other news, uh, I mentioned on the show from time to time I'm a New York Yankee fan, and then I excuse myself because I am originally from the East Coast. I was born and raised in New Jersey, right outside of New York City, and I was raised on Don Mattingly playing baseball, and I've liked the team since I was a little child. I didn't know what like a salary cap was or you know how much money you spent on sal- Like None of that mattered. I just like players, and that's the thing. The reason I say all this is to mention the New Jersey thing because the mayor of New Jersey, oh, man, the mayor of New Jersey, his name is John Roth. He had to recently apologize because back on January 10th, I guess he got drunk and passed out pantless at an employee's house. He actually got in the employee's bed and then fell asleep intoxicated. That is a bad look for 71-year-old John Roth. Uh, He was interviewed about the incident just the other day, and he confirmed that it did happen. It was a party. 
He admitted that he drank way, way, way too much. He did go upstairs to a bed. And yes, it's true. He did depant himself. And then he woke up the next day. And the uh, the employee was probably a little confused as to what the, what the heck was going on. That is such a terrible. He's not going to get in trouble, though. I don't think he's going to have any sort of you know action taken against him. Right now, it says in this article that it's unclear if he'll face any sort of you know, reprimand for doing what he did. But, uh, yeah, every so often they, they have problems. You know, some of these guys, these p- politicians locally do horrible, horrible things, and a lot of them on the East Coast don't wind up in any in any kind of trouble. But how would you react? Let's, let's take a step back here. 71-year-old, John Roth is your boss. Throw a party at your house. He's one of the people who attends. It's probably a work party, but maybe some friends are there too. It doesn't have any other reason for happening. The guy just overserves himself and gets tired. He stumbles upstairs to the upstairs room in your house, takes off his pants, and falls asleep in your bed. What happens? What is, what is the, how do you react the next day? I assume you leave him alone for the night. I don't think any of us 829-2345 would wake a sleeping boss in that situation. You probably let the guy sleep it off. It's the next day that you have some kind of conversation, right? This is what we do, Neil Doyle. What would you do? Yeah, I don't think you're waking this guy up. No, zero chance. I, I mean, mean, honestly, you're not even going to have, if he's that drunk, it's not even going to be prov- productive, you know? I feel like there's some people that might try to wake him up, but I personally, yeah, you just got to let let that get slept off. And <laughs> I don't know, like, do you almost hope, too, that you just, you know, you wake up the next day and he's just, you know, not there? Or yeah. Like just gone? I think so. I mean, do you. so are you saying that you never bring it up? Like, nothing happened. He went upstairs. He did his own thing. He obviously woke up very embarrassed, put the clothes back on and left, and then he doesn't bring it up at a work meeting or anything. You just let him have that? You just let that go? I don't, you know, uh, maybe. Maybe that for just the next day you hope he kind of just gets out of there, maybe no interaction, and then yeah. I don't know. Do you give it another, you know, do you give it a week and then say, hey, why don't we uh, why don't we go talk about this after, you know, why don't we, on a Friday after work? Right. Why don't we go uh, chat about what happened last week? I wouldn't do it on a Friday after work for fear of what would happen. <laughs> right. I would probably do it like could, lunch on a Tuesday. Yeah, it could happen again. Yeah. Well. I'd be like, honestly, bud, can we just go get some Chinese food on a Tuesday afternoon and uh, grab a grab a quick bite together? Uh-huh. But I would think that if you if you let your boss out of a really embarrassing situation, because like this, this doesn't seem to have any intent. It was just stupid and embarrassing and and inappropriate for sure but not you know ways that it could have been um so so if you let your boss off the hook for something like that something that's like a level nine out of ten or ten out of ten depending on who you are for embarrassment what do you get that that's a selfish question but a question i would ask like what is the uh what's the return here if next uh contract negotiation i mentioned casually to mr roth that like you know by the way Remember that one time you did that thing and nobody found out? You mind, uh, you know, um, treating a loyal employee right? And I'm not saying you lord it. I'm not saying you blackmail. All that would be illegal and wrong. I'm just saying that you remind somebody that it's you did the right thing and you didn't, like, tell all the coworkers. Because you can't tell the coworkers, right? You'd get fired for that. Well, I think it maybe depends on where you work, but... Uh, no, you, that's probably something you don't want to bring up. Although it'd be weird to get fired for that, right? Because like you'd just be telling a true story about what the boss did at your house, yeah, and now you... that it's out there publicly in the world, it's not like anyone's. I wonder how it got out. By the way, too, like someone had to had to leak this information, but there were a lot of people at the party, and the boss is a person you pay attention to when you're at a party, right? So like multiple people probably realized he was missing, then they went looking for him. The car's still outside, and they probably all figured it out together. I don't know. 
I just thinking like, and this is the selfish guy in me, the guy that always wants the uh, upper hand when chatting about money. You know, that's that's where you walk in. You're like, hey, uh, not again in any illegal way, just in a a very straightforward way. This was a thing that happened. I kept it quiet because I'm a nice employee, and maybe I deserve that little five percent bump or whatever it is. You know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Am I skirting on illegal here? Well, okay. may, maybe slightly, <laughs> but I, I like where you're thinking. There's no threat. There's no threat. I'm not. I'm not releasing the information, no matter what happens. There's no, you know, like uh, photographs or anything like that going on. This is just a 100%. You know, I kept it a secret because I didn't want to embarrass you. Because I understand how important it is for you to have, you know, authority in the workplace. And now, after you slept in my house, pantless <laughs> and intoxicated, I wonder if maybe you think of me as a rising star employee. Uh, quick break. A lot more coming up. JBC.com. You're listening to The Greg Collins Show on WJBC. Greg Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. Hanging out with you guys for another, uh, you know, 30-ish minutes, 34, 33 minutes. Then you got uh, ISC. No, you don't have ISC basketball. That was last night. You have Cardinals countdown to opening day from 6 to 8, and then you have Dave Ramsey from 8 to 9. So it'll be a good evening, uh, and you want to stay in because Brian Walder's telling you there could be some flurries, some freezing drizzle. No one wants to be stuck in that. Uh, Friends have been caught with a viral video uh, posted on TikTok of them playing Uno at red lights. So you've heard of this before. Everybody has, not the Uno thing, but the, like, Chinese fire drill. You know that one, Neil? Oh, yeah. You hit a red light, and you know it's a longer one. Maybe you're, you know, this is your town. And so you and all your friends switch positions, and somebody else drives the car. Um, Or you can just run around and all go back to the same spot. But I liked when you switched positions. Now they're taking that one step further, and these kids are jumping out, trying to play a quick few hands at Uno, and jumping back in. I know that there's a humor to this because I've done it. <laughs> Not the Uno again, but the Chinese fire drill thing. Um, but at the same time, like if you're behind these guys and they're setting that all up and then they screw it, like you do get like you get bad. I get it. And this is out of Florida. Um, and I don't know if it's going to catch on. They were probably out there for a good 45 seconds to a minute, one person said. And we all rushed back into the truck thinking that light was about to change. And it was still red. So they're outside for a full minute playing Uno. And then they start to get nervous, and people are laughing at them for giving up too soon. People are laughing at them for everything. But just eight two nine two three four five. you saw anything crazy like that, would you jump out and play too? Like, that might be the funniest thing to do, but I don't know that everyone would have that, uh, have that sense of humor about it. Um, I have news coming up in just a few minutes here on AM 1230 WJBC. After that, I want to talk about this story, the amount of parents that turn to their kids to give them advice on tech and gadget. Uh, There was a recent survey done of just how many people that are, you know, not tech-born people, people that had technology join while they were, you know, mostly through life, and they turned to their kids at a surprisingly high rate. And then I do want to ask, so you can think about it now, and you can call in even now during the break, 829-2345, who's your tech person? Is there a tech person in your family? Are they uh, a kid, a grandkid? Who is it that you turn to all the time, hand your phone to, and you're like, make it do the thing? Uh, who is that person? Eight two nine two three four five. Oh, and real quick, Brian did call back in. Uh, he had a reaction to the the story about the uh, the boss, the boss out of New Jersey, who was pantless and asleep in his neighbor's bed in his uh, employee's bedroom. He had drank too much and just passed out. It wasn't a you know inappropriate thing. Other than that, I mean, it's inappropriate enough, but there was no other intentions behind it. He just you know needed a place to sleep and decided he couldn't do that wearing pants. And Brian said that you do not do anything you know to to force the guy. Uh, to give you stuff, no sort of bribery, no sort of blackmail. But if it were me, I guess, in that situation, 
as Brian said, you might insinuate, you know, uh, you know some people. And, uh, you know, you kept everything quiet because snitches get stitches. And in this case, you did the right thing. So maybe he's just got to remember a little bit the amount of, you know, uh, <laughs> loyalty that was demonstrated. So I thank you, Brian, for reminding me of that because, I, you know, I do have a lot of family. And that family, every so often, they can, uh, they can help you out a lot. If you, uh, if you, my mom just texted me. I, this is offensive. My mom texted me. We're about to have the, see the, supposed to have that thing from Brian, but this time I don't even have it ready. Let me uh, stall for a few quick seconds. This is the most, uh, this is so pro right here, what we're doing right here. But I know Brian Walder wants to weigh in on the uh, weather, and I'll let him do it. From Heart of Illinois, ABC, I'm Chief Meteorologist Brian Walder, and this is your AM 1230 WJBC forecast. Not much change in our weather as we head into tonight. Skies remain cloudy with a few flurries. Might even see some patchy fog or patchy freezing drizzle overnight. If that happens, watch out for some black ice on the roads tomorrow morning. Lows will be in the upper 20s. Highs tomorrow in the upper 30s with mostly cloudy skies. Maybe a light rain or snow shower possible, especially late tomorrow into tomorrow night. Otherwise, some lingering cloud cover for Saturday with temperatures remaining in the upper 30s. Skies finally clear on Sunday. We'll see some sunshine and warming up nicely as well. Temperatures in the low 50s Sunday afternoon. And we stay in the 50s on Monday with more cloud cover. A couple of rain showers late Monday, but expect a better rain chance on Tuesday. Cold air moves in throughout the day on Tuesday, and that will change rain over to snow. High temperatures on Wednesday will be back in the 30s. From Heart of Illinois, ABC, I'm Chief Meteorologist Brian Walder, and that is your AM 1230 WJBC forecast. Thank you very much, Brian, for that. Right now at Radio Bloomington, it is 33 degrees. Now, back to the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. That's right. Let's set the world on fire. Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. I threw the question out before the news break. Uh, Who is your tech person in your house? My mom says it's my little brother, even though that is a, a backhanded insult because I am the tech person. I can fix all the things in the house, but Lars can too. I mean, my little brother, he actually did study computers and stuff. So, okay, fine. He's also a techie. He currently le- works in e-commerce. He knows some things. Um, I also got a text message from Brian, our listener, that told me that he also has a tech person in his house, or at least he did. It was his son. His son is now a Marine and out of the house. And Brian no longer knows how to work most of the things on his phone. So that's pretty funny. 829-2345. Who is your tech person? Uh, Six in ten parents say they turn to their children. Like actually children age. This is not, you know, um, an older person with an older kid. This is a a 30-something, someone like me, with a a child. They turn to the child to get some tech things figured out because they just don't know how to do them. And that is pretty awesome. Out of 1,000 people polled... Uh, children between ages 6 and 14 are the most common answer given when asked who is that tech person in your house. About 35% of, of moms and dads say that that's who they turn to for almost anything and everything tech-related. And it's interesting to to think about that for a second because, okay, I don't want to devalue the intelligence of a 6- to 14-year-old human. They're probably very smart. But if a, if a kid can learn something... Can an adult, or is that a wrong way to look at things? Mm, well, I don't know. I mean, okay. it, it is coming I mean, because you look at some of the stuff today. I mean, it's like two-year-olds can work <laughs> an iPhone. I mean, it's unreal. That's right. Uh, that's just because they're raised with it. Like that's that's the problem with some parents my age. Uh, we like tech stuff enough, and we're not really worried about the dangers of it. That if you do have a kid, you'll just look at the kid and be like, "Oh, he needs to be quiet," and just hand him something, and like they figure it out. Kids, they, that becomes like an innate kind of second language thing that at like two, three years old, like you said, Neil, they're playing on the iPad. It's inc- it's incredible, actually. 
my nieces and nephews will like play these advanced video games on their cell phones and stuff. Uh, and they all do have cell phones now, which is a little weird. Uh, but they'll play these advanced, like kind of, it looks like difficult games, and they'll just they'll navigate them like pros. They'll just sit there all the time. It is bad for your kids, by the way, to to let the uh, you know the biggest source of entertainment be some sort of handheld uh, device. But at the same time, like if we need help with stuff, uh, we're gonna have to turn to that. I love that. The uh, biggest question, by the way, people asked about when they asked to like understand technology, understand things. Forty-eight percent of people were not aware of what TikTok was. So, like, if anybody ever said to them, you got to see this TikTok, and it's an adult person, and they look at their 6- to 14-year-old kid, they're like, what's TikTok? How does that, what is that thing? What does it do? And it used to exist, by the way. Like, it was called Vine. Um, and for anyone that's listening that's like, Craig talks about TikTok sometimes. What, it, what the hell is that? It's just a, a short videos app. It's like YouTube, but, you know, short versions. And it used to be called Vine. And it was very popular years ago. And then it went away, and now it's back, and they, they call it TikTok. But it's the same basic idea, and a social media thing like sprouts up around it, I guess to an extent, like all the different communication that happens on there. But for the most part, it's just videos. You just share them. You, you share little tiny videos of goofy things. You're pretending to sing with some sort of track in the back. Are you a TikTok user, Neil? I mean, I've seen the videos. I don't personally throw don't, up a TikTok. Gotcha. Or, I don't know if that's correct terminology. You don't. You don't. You don't do. I don't know what the terminology yeah. is. I wish I did. That would have been so. <laughs> I would have had so much cred now with the youngest of our audience. I, I tick and I talk all the time, Neil. <laughs> I don't think that's right. Uh, but you've seen it before. You understand it. Yeah. Um, I just love the fact that out of that survey, like most of the people were like, yeah, I turned to them for technology. And also, what is this TikTok? I've been hearing about it. Can anyone tell me what it is? I feel like, and again, I mean, I, I don't have, I don't do it. I mean, I've seen them, mm-hmm. but I feel like Vine was better. That's just my personal Well, that's, that one popped up when you were probably at the perfect age for it. But yeah, it's it's all the same I mean, and honestly, I looked up, like, the history of TikTok one day because I was just curious. It used to be something else, like a different, uh, relatively popular um, app, and it wasn't necessarily devoted to, like, the little short, tiny social media sharing of videos. But then they rebranded as TikTok and shortened the amount of, like, video you could put in their system, and then they blew up. And it is exactly like what Vine was, and I'm sure we'll see it again. And probably eventually someone like a Snapchat or a uh, Facebook will just steal it. And make it its own. And actually, it is Snapchat in a way, too, because if you go to anything there. So anyway, this is your tech segment on the Craig Collins Show for anyone curious of apps they're going to be adding to their phone. When parents get on Snapchat, that's going to be real bad. That's They're just going to ruin that whole thing because that is like the kid's go-to app right now, the Snapchat. Oh, my mom has Snapchat. Does she? Oh, yeah. What does she snap? Uh, Food videos? No. Okay. I mean, it, she's not on it all the time, but... That's, she's awesome. Like, if she's That's like, awesome. If she's like with my cousins and her stuff, yeah. she'll take yeah. Take the little oh, short I'm, videos. A bunch of my aunts and there you go. My uncles are. So actually, that's old news now too. You're saying Snapchat has already got it's oh, already yeah. infiltrated. Oh yeah. So that's why the TikTok is so popular. Yeah, I think that's, so. That's the one the parents can't figure out yet. Mm-hmm. But they're turning to the kids now to get it going. So eventually, we're, you're going to have to abandon ship on that if you're a if you're a, a kid trying to to stay away from mom and dad on the social medias for whatever reason. Uh, in other news, teachers are being praised for giving praise to students. Apparently, a new study says that if you praise students, you will get a 30% increase in the good behavior of each individual. Uh, Just giving them praise, and this does not necessarily have to be for their behavior. It's any kind of praise. If they've done well on a project, if they're doing well in school in general, or maybe they're just like a really obedient kid, whatever it is, just highlighting something they do well, doing it verbally, and thanking them for it, enhances their their behavior by a 30% fold. 
So if you're a teacher right now and you're struggling with like some some less than stellar kids in the classroom, go rogue. Don't don't yell at them. Don't keep like you know trying to get them to behave by by scolding them or whatever it is you do. Praise them for something they do well, and it might just you know flip a switch there. They might start being a much better kid in the classroom. Uh, one other story that I found interesting, and then I got to take a break. Uh, Cadillac has added a new system to some of their advanced automated cars. Uh, it's called the Super Cruise system, and it'll actually allow you. And I think some other cars might do this, but I thought it was pretty cool to to automatically change lanes. Like it'll just change lanes for you. The auto drive feature, because uh, I know that like there's so many cars now that if you push a button, it helps you stay in between the lanes. Have you rented a car recently, Neil? Not recently. Okay. Do you have a car with that, like, keeping you in the lane function or no? I do not. It just, on the, what can I think of it? On the mirrors, I've got the little sensors. Gotcha. So it will, when somebody's in your blind spot, but yes. it doesn't keep me in my it lane. It doesn't force you back in. No. So So it's weird. Uh, we rented two cars. We were in Florida uh, last year, and we rented two different vehicles during our stay there. And both of them had that, like, force you back into the lane feature. And both it jarred both Betty and I because, like, you try to switch lanes, but you don't do it, like, hard. You do it, like, kind of lighter. We're both, I guess, like, you know, we ease into the other lane when we're on the highway, and it shoved us back. It was like you were fighting the car for a say. It was very odd. And so, you know, that feature, well, I'm sure it's good. I'm sure it's, it's doing great things. They need to prep you on it if all you drive is a 96 Jeep Cherokee around, the, around town. Uh, and that's why I think I'm jealous of all these crazy advancements happening in the world. But this, this new system sounds really cool, the Super Cruise system that would allow you to just pop on the highway, hit the Super Cruise, and it'll do everything. It'll switch all the lanes. It'll get you to your destination. You just sit. I, I would love to have a car like that. I, I would not be afraid at all. I know a lot of people are afraid. If you're sitting behind the wheel and paying attention, you should be able to, to prevent any sort of horrible things from happening. But this will be in the 2021 Escalade, a car that was not on my, not on my list of things to buy. Uh, but it sounds like a really cool feature. And I can't wait for one day. Like They should start selling these features on their own, right? Like You can get a remote starter for an old vehicle. I can go into a store and buy one of those. Why can't I add some like computer technology to my 96 Cherokee? I mean, y- you could. Do you think people would judge me for it? Maybe a little. If it turns on all of a sudden, like because it, it's already got Alexa in it, but if it starts like talking to me and then changing lanes for me, and I'm riding around with a car that's still like pumping out gas like no other because it's probably not road safe anymore. But hey, at least I got the technology in there. Well, I got I mean, the I got they praise you for that. Right. I got the lane changing software <laughs> that I need. I'm still shaking cuz it's got a death wobble to it, but that's fine. I don't need to improve that. I need to get a bunch more Alexa devices in there. All right, I got to take a break. A lot more coming up on AM 12:30 WJBC like I said in just a little bit. You'll have the Cardinals countdown to opening day from 6 to 8. But you still got a little ramp. JBC. Craig Collins show on AM 12:30 WJBC. I just threw something up on my Facebook page. Facebook.com slash Craig Collins Show. I want everybody to check it out. It's, it's a weird painting, though. Like, a forewarning, uh, there's some weird stuff going on in there. But there's one very important thing going on in there that I want you to, I want you to see. Check it out. You're listening to The Craig Collins Show on WJBC. It's Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. I just begged, as you can tell, uh, right before that music, to have you guys go to my Facebook page because this is weird. This is so weird. Uh, this this painting from 1937 by Italian artist Umberto Romano. Umberto Romano painted this. It is an original Springfield, Massachusetts post office painting. I guess it was. It's been hanging in there for a while. Now the Commonwealth of Massachusetts State Office Building may have this uh, beloved painting inside its doors. Um, and it's been around, like I said, since 1937. 
Uh, it's it's pretty cool. It tells the story, the history of Springfield from 1636 to 19, 1936. This is Springfield, Massachusetts, not here in Illinois. But the reason that this, this photo is now or this painting has so much interest with people at vice.com or anywhere else is one of the objects, one of the things going on. A majority of the painting makes absolutely no sense. There's a lot of, like, craziness going on. To explain it to you, there's there's people dressed in, you know, varying degrees of clothing. Uh, there's dudes in, like, bathtubs, and a, um, a guy in the back seems to be in one of those, like, things that you, you chain your hands and your head into. What was that called? The, like, little stock thing? What did, I forget what the name of that was. The head stock, something. Yeah, I'm blinking, too. Yeah, I see, okay, think. something like that. Guys have, like, their hands tied behind their back. It's very odd. There's two dudes in the middle that seem to be important people that are, you know, kind of talking to each other about stuff. All of this can be seen on Facebook.com slash Craig Collins Show. But the reason that this photo is of interest to so many people right now is the object that one dude's holding in the, in the bottom right corner. It looks like a cell phone. There's a guy holding a square device that looks identical to an iPhone. Like, identical. It even seems to have a camera in the, in the corner of the phone. And he's holding it up, and he's looking at it. Now, either the painter, you know, who put this out there, and again, I warn you, there's, there's other stuff in the painting. If you go to it, you, you got to know that it's a, you know, it's, it's a painting, so this would hang in an office space or anything anywhere, but it's not, all of it's not, you know, PG. Um, but it, that's, that's a cell phone. There's no way it's not. And he's staring at it. He seems to be sitting in some sort of tub. I don't think there's any water in it, but he's got a few bottles next to him. And then he's looking at this little square device uh, Neil, I don't know if you've seen the photo yet, but there's no way that's not a 1937 time traveler that made that that made that image. Pulling no way. I'm pulling it up right now as we speak. There's no way that didn't happen. It's a it's an article in Vice.com. It came out a couple days ago, um, and it demonstrates that you know at least whoever made this thing is is for sure time traveler. And it's crazy when you see this kind of stuff because you know I know it's probably like just like a block. Like, do you think at some point they communicated with like little handheld blocks? Like you, you carved a guy a little, you know, three-word message, something like that. I had to get my face real close to the screen. To, I mean, it it definitely at first glance looks like it, but then like I'm trying to get it at different angles and trying. Okay, to... you can you can do this yourself. Facebook.com/slash Craig Collins Show. He's holding in his hand. It's the size of his palm. A square brick that appears to halfway be in the hand and halfway coming over the hand, just like your iPhone when you hold it in your hand. Um, so it, it looks, and he's got his thumb wrapped around it as if maybe he's, you know, doing a little bit of scrolling. Maybe he's checking his uh, his Instagram. I don't know. And it's in the middle of, like, just utter chaos. Yeah. I'm, By the way, the rest of that photo is, the rest of that painting's nuts. I'm, like, trying to see. He's got, looks like some type of barrel or, like, jugs right next yep. to him. Like, mm-hmm. So I'm like, is it something to do with that? But I don't, doesn't seem like it. It looks like he's in a bathtub, and maybe those are the jugs of, like, bath water, and he just hasn't started the bath yet. But he does seem to be, like, just completely on his own. He's doing his own thing in the middle of utter chaos, checking his phone, which, by the way, this would look a lot like a kid today. You know, like a kid just sitting around. There actually was another viral video um, kind of related to this of a guy at, like, a, a, a diner or something just getting a meal, and he's paying attention to his phone. And people start fighting like within inches of him. He doesn't stop eating or stop paying attention to his phone the entire time. Did you see that video? I did not yet. Oh, it's great. I'll share it on my Facebook page too. It's just this guy sitting at a diner who's like, I don't care. I'm doing my thing. I'm eating my food. I got my phone. And they fight like they're really going after each other. And they get very close to the dude and he just never moves. And I think that's the society we're in now. The society represented in this painting is like half of us just become zombies. 
out there in the world. We pay attention to nothing. We just sort of stand around, look at our phone, and we're like, yeah, that's good. Whatever's going on over here, I don't care. Uh, it's, it's time for a break. I got a lot going on on the Craig Collins Show, but I, I only have a few minutes left, so I got to take a quick break. You have the uh, Cardinals countdown to the opening day coming up in the next few minutes. It's on from 6 to 8. Dave Ramsey after that. Check out this photo, facebook.com slash Craig Collins Show, 